Okay, good evening everybody. Welcome to Sports Goose episode 84. So, uh, Freddy's on here. We've got my good buddies Andrew and Charles as always. But Andrew, we have another guest this week. We do. Uh, I forget what you called me the other day, but I'm like the guest wrangler. That is exactly what it is. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen... Let me introduce you to Brendan Rourke. He is a writing contributor for the Indiana Pacers website, so pacers.com. Uh, he is a fellow UCF alum, and we spent a lot of time uh, getting strep throat and yelling our hearts out at UCF games. Uh, we were part of, I guess you could call it a supporter section. Uh, Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, Uh Quick, shameless plug, Pacers.com. You can find all my stuff. All righty, then. <laughs> <laughs> that shameless plug was brought to you by Sniper Elite 4 on Nintendo Switch. Experience tactical combat and epic sharpshooting across gigantic levels as you liberate World War II Italy from fascism. And basically shoot people in testicles because that's all what the YouTube video show. <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> All right, boys. Oh, and let me point out, speaking uh-huh. of sponsors, we have finally earned our second dollar of sponsor of advertising <laughs> God, money. Yeah, we're, we're, we've scrounged enough enough. We, we will soon be able to order from the dollar menu at McDonald's for all three of us. So <laughs> we're almost there. We're, we're two-thirds of the way there. Do you remember in Sunny at the very end where at the McPoyles wedding at the Maureen Ponderosa wedding and then Ryan just goes, McPoyles will take over the world? That's a spoiler, <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh everything has happened over the last week in sports something so for every of the sports but because we have a person that writes for pacers.com let's get to the nba because guys monday the floodgates started to open we got shams and Woj tweeting up a storm uh, what is happening? Let's 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 get a handle about the NBA because everybody wants out of wherever. So, uh, you know what? So, Brendan, you're yeah. Indiana Pacers. Of course, they are uh, trying to secretly hide a mess. Is the way I would uh, phrase it. Uh, I guess we'll start with the biggest drop of last weekend was Jay Michael of the Indianapolis Star, who's been there for a little bit, follows the Pacers, um, sent out a nice article saying that Victor Oladipo, during games, was slowly going over to other teams and asking them, hey, can I come play with y'all? Or some iteration of that statement, while the Pacers and said teams, said other teams in the locker room, or on the court. Sorry about that. Um, according to Jay Michael, it happened to uh, versus the Toronto Raptors, the Miami Heat, and weirdly, the New York Knicks, which who knows why any star wants to play there right now. But I can't imagine the face on anybody anybody playing for the Knicks when Oladipo asked them that. Um, I, I, I always felt like that was possibly a joke, but... <laughs> right, it was the third team in that quote, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then, 
Uh, of course, Oladipo had a nice, you know, player player esque apology where you don't really apologize; you just kind of say the things you're supposed to. Um, he kind of did. Uh, he, well, he kind of echoed what Paul George did, actually. He just said, "I love this team. I love Indiana. I want to play for Indiana." And that's kind of where they're at right now is these dueling messages of, hey, Oladipo wants to play anywhere but Indiana. And Oladipo says, no, I want to play at Indiana. So the Pacers are in a bit of a mess with Uh, him and their star, to say the least. Yeah. So, Charles, you have, of course, your possible trade scenarios for Senor Oladipo. You have not spoiled it for me just yet, but it is time. (laughs) Alright, so this is my backdrop of Victor Oladipo. I always felt he didn't get a fair shake fully. Drafted by the Magic, ends up going to OKC. Does okay there, but you have to look at what that talent was at that time period. He couldn't really budget. Indiana takes him. I thought it was a good kind of pickup. I liked uh, Oladipo when he was, what, with the Hoosiers um, all those years ago. I think he's a fine player with a finer contract because he's not stuck in the $40 million range like a lot of guys are coming into in Supermax or even old, maybe soon to be washed up point guards now playing for the Phoenix Suns. We'll see. But I have the sneaky suspicion for a team that possibly has front-loaded all these draft picks that have, like, 20 of them. It's basically like that one kid at the uh, little arcade who has all the tickets. And what you're going to do, no one picks 17 first-round picks in the next, you know, what, eight years or whatever that Sam Presti has in Oklahoma. I have two sneaky suspicions of what they would try to do because right now OKC doesn't have much of a leg to stand on except for Shea Giglis Alexander. We know they're going to get rid of Dennis Schroeder and his kind of an albatross contract for a guy who's really just a sixth man. And we know also that Steven Adams is probably on his way out. But if you want to do a hyper-competitiveness, and I understand it's a new breed, it's a new coach, it's a new everything, but I had a sneaky suspicion that if Indiana wanted out, they would go for, take whatever they can get for a certain guy, because I believe he's in his final year or maybe two years left on a contract that was pretty affordable when I looked at it earlier in the day. I'll bring it up there, but I have a sneaky suspicion that if OKC wants to take that flyer, they bring somebody back home for the guy who's been with the team as long as he's been with the Indiana Pacers. So I think one of the people they might trade for would be him. How long was the duration? I don't know, but you got to think about it. You just shed all this cap space coming into it, and now you're going to get somebody back, and you know you have to match salaries, maybe eat up the Steven Adams or even Dennis Schroeder, depending who wants him. Going back, Oladipo would go back to Oklahoma. And the Pacers would be able to kind of get away somebody who doesn't want to be there and also find more better players to build around because who's really the guy that they have except for Miles Turner and then Malcolm Brogdon. And Brogdon's going to be there to stay. I thought he did fine for that first year, but that was just an interesting thought process that I had that maybe OKC, because right now sometimes with first-round picks, we all know this, it's hit or miss anyway unless you're really getting that top three, but last year's top third pick was R.J. Barrett, and he was a stinker. But I, I think that OKC, there's that culture. People love that culture. Russell talked about loving that culture, being there. Paul George, Paul George is whatever. He knew he was kind of screwed. And maybe it's that team that he can get paid and go from there. I think 
what is it? This is his final year for Oladipo to get one big contract, $21 million. What's a first-round pick for OKC to give away that's five years from now? And what's Indiana can get with some young players that might be under contract and a headache off their team? So that was like my little spoiler. I said somebody was coming home. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, maybe you do it. Because right now, aside from Shea Giglius Alexander, I'm expecting other guys to be handed out. And for Oladipo's purposes, he's 28. He's pretty, you pretty much know what you're getting on. His contract isn't scary compared to what other superstars are really going to get. And if anything, you're not stuck with a player option, just how Boston is with Gordon Hayward and his $30 million for only playing, you know, sometimes during a season. So, Brent, tell me if you think that it's just crazy enough to work or if you would even be willing to get rid of a guy and just get a first-round pick out of it. I don't think it would be an immediate future, but look at what Boston did and how they built their current drafting. They were just selling off their old assets and paying the butts um, just for whatever first pick they can get away and package a deal with somebody. No, you're you're not the craziest person. <laughs> I will say that. Um, I, I will say... First, I think that's the first time I've ever heard anyone <laughs> say that about Charles. This is true. See, I will say that what happened when Oladipo had his, you know, God bless him, horrific injury uh, last year uh, with a torn quad and... Uh, all kinds of muscles that aren't supposed to be in certain places down on his leg. Um, they basically said, okay, we are, we are grooming DeMontis Sabonis instead of Miles Turner. We are playing through the four, especially with Nate McMillan as a coach. He said, we're going to play inside out basketball. We're going to go through the four because we have DeMontis Sabonis, who is often, who is often forgot about. They got in the Paul George trade with Oladipo. And then yeah. they turned into, their star. DeMontis Sabonis was the only all-star this year for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. And so I I think they're heading in that direction where they may not, as much as Oladipo, you know, means to Indiana. I mean, he went to IU, he says, I love Indiana and all this stuff. And he is beloved. I mean, the, the crowd when he came back for that Chicago Bulls game uh, was, the, the noise was something I never heard. Um, and I was going to Pacers games the whole year. Um, but they're they're switching to running the offense through, well, DeMontis Sabonis, who was a double-double machine. And Victor Oladipo, who wants to be a star, is kind of on the backseat until he has proven that he is whatever close to 100% he can get from that horrible quad injury. So if you ship him off now you may be able to get somebody like that. Do you feel that Malcolm Brogdon just kind of accomplished what he had to do for that team, and that's what makes Oladipo replaceable to agree? And I know Sabonis, who did a big contribution, he's a stand-up four, right? He Because I didn't see a lot of Pacer games, except for when the Heat were playing on it, and I remember his name, and I know that he had an all-star development. But I remember seeing a lot of Brogdon because of the playoffs, when he was with Milwaukee, and of course I like Miles Turner. He has like heat culture kind of written on him, except that we have yeah. a guy already similar to it um, in the greatness that is Bam Adebayo, who you know yeah. is just Mabu sometimes with that block that <laughs> he did on Jason Tatum. But I I think it just kind of fits. You have Nate Bjorken now. I think he was a a G League coach for a while, if I'm not mistaken, as the head coach going into it. He, so yeah, he was the Raptors assistant. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is the year of the rebuild because it's the Eastern Conference. So a team that might be in rebuild in the Western Conference could be a fifth seed for all we know. I, I think maybe 
you're always going to... It just reminds me so much of Melo being traded out Denver. And mind you, I'm saying right now, Oladipo's no Melo at that time. But the idea was like, let me get what I got and just let's see if that's sustainable. You don't know what kind of coaching aspects that you have. I don't know if Nick Nurse has, in theory, a, a philosophy the way that Greg Popovich could create, right? Because that's always the thing. Oh, it's the Popovich assistant. You know what you're getting out of it from the Bruce Browns and everything. Because I think he was, was he with Nick Nurse or was he with the Lionel, uh, not Lionel Hollins, but the other guy's name I can't think of for Bjorken. Um, uh, I believe he was with Nick Nurse because I yeah. think he was on the staff as of last year. All right, so. but he wasn't, he wasn't a carryover from... Um, the prior year for a Dwayne Casey. That's where that's always the thing when you kind of oh. like higher up. But the whole point is you don't know what you're getting at. Indiana, you know, right now they already have the Miles Turner investment. Was it four years, 88 million or higher? So maybe they want to kind of shave that a little bit with Brogdon. And also Sabonis, I think, is due for a contract this year or next year. Um, I know, I think they have his bird rights. So it'll be in. Oh my God, guys, this is the most like analytical I've ever been. Let's bring him on more. <laughs> But I, I, for some things for me, it just works because I, I, I do believe that that organization, OKC, has been very nurturing to a lot of players because you got to think about it. It might seem like a small market, but it has housed so many people that has really done some stuff, whether it's drafted or just brought over and how, no matter how long they stay, looking at you, Paul George. Um, but I, I think it fit for me. And then, of course, the other spoiler, not the spoiler, but the affirmation, the other guy, and this is crazy, right, but this is just crazy. If, if... Giannis does not want $225 million. If I'm Sam Presti, I'm like, for one season, after we saw with the Kawhi thing, for one season, you guys, I'll throw Milwaukee seven first-round draft picks just to get him to get that benefit. Because who needs a more OKC, who used to be a perennial contender to the Western Conference Finals, and every guy I think once everybody left him, that'd be like the greatest middle finger to his KD days, his Harden days, his Westbrook days, and everybody else in between, where he's just like, I trade off for one guy, I succeeded. Because that's where we're at in the NBA, where players, I think they want maximum money, but they don't want to wait five, six years for you to build a team. They'd rather just go, as we see really what's going on right now with James Harden, Chris Paul. Well, I wouldn't even say it's Chris Paul, but LeBron, AD. So if I'm Sam Presti, I got like 17. You know he's going to flip some more. Could you do it with a dynamic duo? That's just my other sneaky suspicion. It's sexy. I like the idea of it. So that's my other one, Francisco. I know that's probably unlikely to happen, but a year ago I didn't expect uh, Paul George to get traded to Clippers. So that's the other spoiler to you. I like what your brain thinks. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, I, I don't know um, – the new coach's uh, coaching style as much as Nate McMillan. Uh, obviously, Nate McMillan was a super defensive-minded coach, and you know he he's known as you know a little afraid to take the three ball. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they have Doug McDermott, who shot top, I believe at least top ten three-point percentage this I year. I think he was like thirty-seven because that's what he was drafted out of to be you know Dougie buckets. Yeah, and. Uh, it, it'll be interesting if they keep both Miles Turner and Sabonis. Sabonis isn't going anywhere. Another name that has been thrown around by a, a couple of smaller market articles and, and, and anything is Miles Turner. And that's because, I mean, Miles Turner does not show up on the score sheet. What he does is on, on the defensive end is clog up the lane, he gets his blocks. He does everything. He has a three ball that he can use on the on the offensive side, but 
the the difference when Miles Turner is on the floor, you have to watch Pacers games. And when people don't and only see Miles Turner has only 12 points, when all these centers are, you know, averaging averaging a, a bit higher than that, it, it starts to create doubt in your in your fan base, and then that's when the articles come out. But if they keep Turner and Sabonis, and they have Brogdon as point guard, I don't I don't see Oladipo staying because you would need someone else to fill that two spot. I think. I think you can kind of go for that. You know, and the draft is so versatile. Part of the problem with the draft is you really don't know what you're getting anymore because you didn't get to see the kids play in the tourney. I think that hurts sometimes, right? Because that's where usually they might solidify that draft stock. But if you're looking for a two spot, maybe you get a little bit tweener in the height for somebody who is more shaped like a small forward but plays at the shooting guard position. The, the new NBA is a lot of versatility, and that's the problem with guys like Miles Turner, even our own Bam, who they really are. You're either very too short power forward, but who's a center, or just so big as a center, but their other aspects of the game is not to be aggressive. Um, but Indiana is always going to kind of be in that upkeep, even the overhaul. And I get them getting rid of Nate McMillan to begin with. I know that some people didn't like that idea of it. I don't know what your thoughts were. Sometimes it just doesn't fit. Granted, there was exceptions to why you get swept, because I believe it was a sweep. But, you yeah. know, was it one game that they won or no? No, it was a sweep. And okay. and the general consensus is Nate McMillan is your run-of-the-mill coach that will take – a mid-major to the playoffs, but will never get farther than, well, the first round. I mean, he's been swept in the first round, I think, I want to say twice now in consecutive years because they got swept, uh, Boston swept them last year. Mm -hmm. And I believe Nate McMillan was quoted saying, you know, if I get swept this many times in the first round, it's time for someone else to give, to get a chance. And even he understood that, that, Indiana, if anybody doesn't know, uh, is is ball is life. Like, I, there are ten thousand people at high school basketball games, like like high school football in Texas. Right. Uh, and and if you aren't contributing to your only professional basketball, you know, organization in Indiana, then they're going to start looking. They believe that they they have enough to get to the finals whether whether being a mid-major hurts them or not is a different story right yeah it's three i mean four straight first round losses which is uh not good only one of them uh the the uh 2018 went seven games but after, other than that every single other one was a sweep so that's uh that's not progress whatsoever it seems yeah, like they've been spinning their their wheels. Yeah, it's not it's not progress, and and your cranky basketball fans that have had to watch IU basketball be middle of the road in the Big Ten are now also angry at the Pacers. So it was only a matter of time before either Nate McMillan had to go farther or had to be gone. Right, and that's kind of what happened here. I mean, that's unfortunately, yeah, the story of his coaching career. He's lost in the first round. It's like. Let's see, eight of the nine times he's been in the playoffs, and he only went once to the conference semifinals with Seattle back in 2005. So that was, that's, it's not good. It's not good at all. He's not, he just can't get any deeper. So your, your assessment of him is completely correct there. 
Okay, so the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> there, it's all it's all or nothing, right? Oh yeah, this, this is it. They they have to get, they have to get <laughs> it done it. this year. They really do. Because uh, we're down here in Miami, and as you know, Miami Heat fans are the best when it comes to photoshopping other people's uh, other people's uh, favorite players in a Miami Heat uniform. So uh, we are chomping at the bit for Senor Giannis, who does vacation here in the off season along with Greece. So we are chopping at the bit at what the Bucks uh, are going to be doing this following season if they can't get it done, or even if they do get it done. But uh, we're <laughs> we're ready, man. We're we're ready. We're ready to for for Pat Riley to work that that Godfather magic like he always does. But Milwaukee is not gonna settle for that. Drew Holiday, Bogdan Bogdanovich are in tow at the moment. So do you think? This is enough for the Bucks to finally do what they're supposed to do. Brent. Well, you got to do the on paper argument, you know. Yeah. On paper, yes. But they've <laughs> been good on paper yeah. the last two seasons, so. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan <know>. MVP. <laughs> mm. All right. So. I, go ahead. I, no, I was just wondering what your take is on Milwaukee, and and because uh, uh, Charles has uh, has always thought that Giannis is a bit soft and is not ready to take that next leap, but that the culture here in Miami, as we call it, will allow him to finally become not just a, a Greek demigod, but a Greek god in basketball circles. So. Uh, you, you go. You guys, of course, have to deal with them in your division. So yeah, I'm sure you've yeah. seen the Pacers, or oh, not yeah. the Pacers, guys, the the Bucks quite a lot. I just want to know: is it enough? Uh, it's enough to at least whoop the rest of the division. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, in in a sense, if you want to look at it a, a, in another way, this was. This was a, 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 hey, Giannis, please stay, like $500, <laughs> you know, gift, like, love me from, right. from Milwaukee is, is basically how it is. Like, please stay. We want you to stay because in this, you're right, it, what you said earlier, in this world of where, you know, the stars want to play somewhere with their friends, how are you going to do it? Get their friends to come to Milwaukee. And so... I mean, I think I think they'll be right back where they were this year, at least. And whether whether the team wants to play together and the chemistry comes together in the playoffs again, and I mean the playoffs are a different animal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely believe they will at least get back to where they were this year. Whether whether they take that next step, I right. mean. It's all a matter of whether they've learned from their past two failures already now and could finally break through. Yeah, once again, the playoffs are a different beast and the Bucks haven't looked the same outside of the regular season. So there, something just goes awry. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Is it time for Houston to blow it up? <laughs> Hell to <I> not. <laughs> I just want to add, at what point in your life could you stare at $50 million <laughs> and go, nah. nah. <laughs> that's, that's where I want to be in life, is I can look at a fat stack of Benjamins and just be like, mm, nah, this city's cooler. <laughs> that's where that's where I want to be in life. Anyway, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, but I think all of us want to be in that position in life. Uh, oh no, that's. I mean, gosh, we we. I mean, the last few uh, episodes we've been talking about what what we what would we do if we ran our own sports franchises? One succeeding, and and then last week I was talking about. Adam Gase and how horrible he's done with the New York Jets and just have that mentality of man what if I could just completely destroy a team like what if like the Houston Rockets I I could really tear that thing down I think it would be quite fun to just make a team absolutely awful so is it time for Houston to just be like this just didn't work out it's the whatever it was the chemistry the a perennial choking, which Houston uh, has been doing for quite some time, is it? It's just not working out. I and your guys are unhappy. Finally, I think it's. It might just be time. I mean, the Houston Rockets have been more pretenders than they have been content contenders at this point. They've for tried sure. everything. They've tried Chris Paul. They, They've tried Russell Westbrook. They've but, tr- but think on that, though. They tried everything for this guy, and he couldn't do it. So how is that Houston's fault? Because, yes, it's Chris Paul, it's Dwight Howard, it's Trevor Ariza twice, I think. It's all these other guys that come in. It's Russell Westbrook. But then it's just this guy that they've amassed a big salary for. They got rid of Clint Capella, who's arguably a good third piece of the cog, who is the saving grace of why they got rid of Dwight Howard, and you're going to say that it's on them? Maybe if Harden kind of played defense. And I know last year, statistically, he was better. Maybe if he didn't chuck up you know, three three-pointers and made those compared to the 38 that he misses, maybe if his whole game wasn't predicated on just getting to the foul line for the most part, when teams realize that, they go, don't foul him. Foul the big guys. I don't know, because first off, you're crazy to say no to $50 million. But sometimes you have to accept that. Sometimes you don't win the big one, and you don't stay there for such a long time because you know who realized he wasn't going to win the big one headed out? Kevin Durant. And it worked beautifully on a team that had parity, that wasn't concerned about injury, and that wasn't concerned about overinflation of the salary, right? Here, for them, it was Paul was kind of injured often, Dwight Howard's game, you know, was not as inspiring. He was good for those two seasons, but then Mike D'Antoni shifted a whole lot of stuff. And then now, like, in that final season, you trade away Clint Capella to Atlanta for peanuts, really, just to eat a contract that wasn't that bad, and just to tell James, do it. And what happens is you get taken to Game 7 against Oklahoma City uh, Thunder that I really wish they won just because I love a good petty storyline. And... It's more on you, bro, because those stat lines. And granted, I had mentioned earlier, Giannis was MVP to me this year. He wasn't MVP to me last year. I really thought Harden should have been back-to-back. But how are you going to say it's him, and how are you going to be like, all right, I want to go see Durant and Kyrie. Kyrie, who couldn't do anything solo. 
Durant, who couldn't do anything solo. And for a Brooklyn team that is very lost in translation with a first-year coach, because that's what he's saying, it's all or nothing. But granted, that's the dirt sheets. And how much credit are we going to give that? But on this one, is it Houston, man, or is it really just Harden and we need to just realize who you are as a player? How can you – I I just – the the Houston philosophy this year was – almost let Harden do everything. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he had he had supporting cast, sure. But I don't I don't see any team being able to go far with doing that. Hey, this is Harden, he's going to be our scorer on a team game. You you're supposed to have five people. Maybe that's me being an Indiana Pacers person and the Pacers were like, "Oh, everybody gets double digit scoring." But it's you know, if you got it, you got to have somebody. And if Harden is the only one, maybe he's tired of being the only one. I mean, not his ego, but <laughs> for for his for his championship sakes, maybe he is tired of trying to just drag along this team. In a sense, I think all these <laughs> players. I mean, they do have that ego. That's always going to be there, especially James yeah. Harden. Especially James Harden. But we all have that. It's always that legacy thing. You just need the one. You just need that. That just that one. Just that one. Kevin Durant got his one, and then after that, it was over. It, it didn't matter how he got it. It didn't matter if it's like, oh, you just you you took the easy way out. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. He was the MVP of those finals and and all that. He got his. He's fine. He goes off to Brooklyn and he's happy now. James Harden's probably looking for the same thing right now. Oh yeah, so, probably. So it's hey, just pair, just and the send me. Strip club, but <laughs> Brooklyn uh, has all those. Look, there is one thing Houston hasn't tried: courtside strip club. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> all you gotta do is get the Atlanta. Uh, what? Lou Williams went to Atlanta for those. Yeah, chicken you need wings. those, uh, those, those wings. chicken wings, yeah. baby. Look, I, and I know Brennan, exactly where that strip club is too in Atlanta, but. Uh, <laughs> Guys, yeah. I'm a, Brendan, I'm about to do something that is going to blow the brains of Francisco and Charles. Courtside Strip Club is my band name. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to call it first. But anyway. Trademark that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to ask a basketball question. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yes. So... I forget what year it was, but Houston had the historically bad run of not being able to hit three uh, threes. Mm-hmm. I forget whatever year that was. Game seven of the Western Conference Final. Yep. Every game seven of the Western Conference Final with James Harden. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Crystal ball or tra- time travel, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, good in your TARDIS, your DeLorean, whatever. Let's say they make those, or at least enough to win and go to the final against, I want to say, Cleveland? Was it yeah. Cleveland that year? If you're talking 20, what were we thinking, yeah. 2015, 2016? Yeah, it was against Cleveland. Yeah. It was the, yeah, the they, run of they, four Cleveland versus Golden State finals. Yeah, and that, because Harden and Paul choked, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Because they had the closeout games. All right, I remember this. Let's do this. So, 
Let's say they win that game and go to the finals. Question one, do they beat Cleveland? Question two, or 2A, let's say they beat Cleveland. What happens to Houston and any sort of ripple effect? 2B, let's say they don't win, but they still make the final, but they lose. Same question. As somebody who just lost the Heat in the finals, I know we didn't mention it, Francisco, but um, second place don't matter, bud. If anything, that's either a blow-up a team or you're running back one more year. So I think it would actually accelerate their deadline of death. That I'll answer to that, and I'll leave it to you guys to continue on the rest. I mean, I know SB Nation has, uh, on Secret Base, had a series trying to kind of do that. What if uh, this had happened, or what if this guy got traded to this team or what have you. I can't really say. I mean, if Houston won that finals, uh, even if Harden left now, it, it doesn't matter. He would have had his one. Mm-hmm. It would have justified Mike D'Antoni's system, and suddenly he's, like, the great innovator and goes to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to speculate. I mean, sure the Golden State team would have... Uh, uh, I mean, it would have affected the... NBA landscape a little bit, especially with uh, concerns about that Golden State team. But, um, but th- that's so long ago that it's like it's hard to speculate how it would have had because the, all the ripple effects it would have been probably massive if Houston had won one of those uh, because Golden State probably has to retool for a little bit or what have you. Maybe Kevin Durant stays for a little longer at Golden State just to try and get another championship. And uh, I still think LeBron would have made the jump to L.A. anyways with the Lakers. And uh, we all know the Miami Heat would have done what they have been doing right now anyways because they have been building towards that anyways. So. Uh, but that's as far as I can say with regards to your question, Andrew. <clears throat> all right. I thought you were going to ask about the, the Magic's... Uh, Citrus jerseys that just came out, but <laughs> nah, not really. I mean, I'm ah. I'm okay with them, but not not a fan. Yeah, they're the literal definition of meh. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, unless we have more basketball talk, that is actually a great segue, Francisco. Oh, you want to talk about jerseys? Because we can talk about jerseys. We are 35 minutes into this episode right now. Uh, we're going to see, man. Things are still happening. Robert Covington off to Portland. And uh, we'll see if uh, anybody caves to any demands for trades. There's like rumor of Westbrook for Wall for Houston. Do we, do we like the Chris Ball trade? Because I'm the only person who doesn't, apparently. So let me hear my non you know, opinions of Charles being wrong all the time. Or if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. And I'll give you my reason why. Are we banking on the idea that Chris Paul is not going to hit that wall and that team can actually be led by an older aging man and by Alvin, it's not Alvin Gentry, but um, the, the current coach. I'm getting two of them. Like, I feel like, and, and, and hear me out on this, I feel like Chris Paul changed his image with that OKC, with his stay in OKC. He transitioned because we all know it's it's downhill from here. We all know that. Correct. But he's transitioning into the teacher type of player. 
one that could maybe potentially be a coach in the future. Who knows? But I think the Suns are trying to gain some of that so that he can help that young team take the next step and teach these guys how to win, even though he hasn't made the won the big one, but he's he's the grizzled veteran. He can go out there and, and do what he needs to do and help the guys, even if it's limited playtime, just to maybe he goes on like a Dwayne Wade maintenance program of what have you just to keep him fresh. But I, Chris Paul really I was surprised at how he handled that, that year at Oklahoma City. And it changed my image of how he was as a player. Because a lot of people would say, oh, he's kind of a douche and that type of stuff. And uh, it showed that he's a great teammate. And he's willing to work with a, a team that has a lot of young pieces. And helping them grow as a team. So uh, I, it's kind of the reason why I like what the Suns did. If that is indeed the goal for it. See, I, I think to comment on it also, it's just the contract hurts. I like Kelly Oubre as a talent. At 24, you can get an idea of what he's going to be within two more years of what he has. The Western Conference is so hard, man, because I think what, we are barely playing for the eighth seed, and I think maybe with... Um, but what better player to show you? Like I mean, We know the Western Conference is hard, and Chris Paul indeed knows the Western Conference is hard. Is, is hard. So I... I uh, I think that's why the Suns, even with the money hauls, I think that's why they made that move. Yeah, I think it also goes back to, and Brandon, this is my unpopular theory. I think Brent, uh, what's his name, Devin Booker is only good because he's the only guy on that team for four years. Maybe this uh, would be the Aaron year Baines, wrong. But anyway. <laughs> oh, there you go. Aaron Baines, Mr. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. I mean, DeAndre Aiden's supposed to be the thing. I, I just wasn't crazy about it, but I want to hear what you guys thought. Because do I think it's a fine trade? Oh, absolutely. Because you know what you're getting. Contract aside, do I love it? And do I think it, other things could be accomplished, different players? Because at the end of the day, they did need a point guard. Ricky Rubio is basically Hispanic Andre Miller. That's a callback <laughs> for the young kids who don't know. But well, he's tell not me Hispanic. I'm wrong. He's, he's a Spaniard. That's, that's different. I'm ignorant. I'm Argentine, Colombia. I have no idea what the hell I am at Francisco. We understand <laughs> this. Right? I can barely say my last name in court. Please. <laughs> Please. But we know that's an improvement. And then, if anything, you have something there. But... I don't know, because this is a team that was such in disarray that they got Monty Williams now. They had that Igor guy who barely lasted. I forgot his full name, but it sounded like the Harry Potter character, Igor Karkaroff. That's my Harry Potter shout-out on the show. <laughs> um, the draft picks, though, I think uh, James Jones is now their GM, right? So that, that's the interesting pro mindset. It, it just hasn't like panned out to a degree, so... Maybe this is the year where I look. I love eating crow. It's like the best thing, aside from uh, you know the tears of people who said I'm wrong about things. But I'm just interested in seeing because I think we discredit a lot of stuff. You do all this because I I feel like they did all this stuff for bubble play. Oh, we were good in the bubble. We went went in eight and zero. Let's do all this stuff. Like no, fall in line. That's just me. What do you think, Brendan? Maybe they're. I mean, maybe they're just using the bubble to get bigger players. I mean. That that's that's kind of like a flip side. If you're saying, "Oh, the bubble was a was a fluke," it could be, but they're trying to use it to their advantage. And so, getting Chris Paul and basically a, a, a mini version of of what Milwaukee's trying to do is, "Hey, Devin Booker, can you like stick around?" <laughs> it's, like, not, it's, it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a dry heat is basically what they're trying to tell. Yeah, him right now. 
But again, I mean, I would say Chris Paul's on his on his de- on his descending slope of his career, um, and giving that much up for a for another mid major team for him. I don't know. I mean, it might make it might make Devin Booker stay around for a little bit longer, but I I don't think they're going to do anything with it personally. Yes, someone agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that's a nice. Uh, that's like more than half an hour of NBA talk. I think we can move on here, uh, Brendan. If you'll bear me and Andrew, we have to talk about NHL jerseys. Because uh, we are uh, noted logophiles. We love sports branding and that type of thing. So we're going to get into this right now. So, Andrew, Adidas, the uniform provider of the NHL, has released their reverse retro uniforms. So we're going to review them. Although we we have spoken off air as to what we feel about some of them, but this time we're going to show it to the rest of the world and, and Charles and Brendan here, and, and we'll see what uh, which teams were the winners and the losers of this uh, reverse retro line of jerseys. I'm glad that uh, first of first all, I'm glad that the NHL is doing this because for the Longest time they've been kind of reluctant to release alternate jerseys. We know the NBA has gone ham since Nike has took, taken a well, while, even with Adidas back then, has gone ham with their alternate uniforms. Major League Baseball does a great job with uh, throwbacks and alternate uniforms. And uh, uh, the, of course, college football is full of different alternate uniforms. And the NFL hopefully will start changing their helmet rules so we can have different helmets and stuff like that to go with their retro and alternate uniforms so i'm glad the nhl is doing something to be a little more lively all right we all know it's a uh it's a funny canadian sport we get that but let's let's have some fun all right let's let's just have some fun nhl and and this is this is fun so we have the first three up here we have the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Boston Bruins. The theme of the reverse retro is they pick a point in time for all of these uh, uh, retro jerseys, and they they pick a year and just basically kind of take the design from one of their jerseys, one of these teams' jerseys from back then, and flip it on its side a little bit, mainly just reversing certain colors and, and things like that, so... Uh, we've got the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Boston Bruins on the screen here. Andrew, Anaheim. We got Wild Wang back. Are we still going to do the tier list or nah? Nah, nah. I, I don't have that prep. We're just going to go one by one. We'll go okay. through all 31 teams and just give a yay or nay or eh to them. So we've got the Anaheim Ducks were wearing their Mighty Ducks uniforms from... Way back when, 1995, we got Wild Wing on the front there, their mascot. It is very much indeed a 90s era jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
in terms of it just being a jersey, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, like you said, it kind of screams 90s. It sort of reminds me uh, not necessarily as bad as the as the as the Gorton's or Groton's Fisherman okay. uh, that the Islanders did. Um, I don't know. It is very cheesy, but that is exactly what they were going for. So right. in that case, mission uh, mission successful. From what um, I've seen of the Ducks fans, a lot of them are not for it. They were kind of just hoping for a uh, a Mighty Ducks theme, but they've already thrown back to the Mighty Ducks uniforms before. If right. I could add in, it's very busy on the front. It is. And that's, that's what I see. It's just very busy. Yes, I know what they were going for, um, but... I'm not a huge fan. I, I I personally would have liked to have seen their their original sets reversed, but it is what it is. Right, or that alternate that they wore, the black alternate that they had that just said right. Mighty Ducks, and uh, that probably would have been preferable in like green or or purple, whatever, um, an eggplant or, or whatever. The Arizona Coyotes who have done a fantastic job with their rebrand, went with the Coyote on acid. So, except now it's in purple, so now they look like the Phoenix Suns, which I'm all for because I like it when teams in a certain market all have matching colors uh, and themes. So this works perfectly for them. I agree. Um, I was reading an article in The Athletic about this, um, their takes. They're not a huge fan of the desert landscape down at the bottom on the tail. Um, I am, personally. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to see it on a full-time jersey, but it's a nice little added touch. And, of course, as I've mentioned many times, I'm a huge fan of the Kachina style that the Coyotes had from their inception until about 2003. Right. Um, when they, they just went, right, and they went completely bland. Um, you know, they've been teasing the the Kachina jersey as being full time. They haven't announced it officially, but they keep teasing it and teasing it. And I hope and pray. Oh, they have. Not as their full time though. Well, I mean, they're going to have it soon enough. I mean, it's been there. It's even in the bubble, the NHL bubble. That right. was what they were wearing. So th- I mean, it's, it's getting there. It seems like it will be there eventually, and I will be extremely happy. And I will be not the first person, but I will eventually get one of those jerseys because I loved it as a kid, and I still love it. Um. This is a long way of me saying I think the the Coyotes did really, really well on their retro rever, uh, reverse retro. Okay, the Boston Bruins now. Eh, you know. Eh. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, they've had kind of the same-ish look. A black version of that, a white version of that. Now it's the yellow version of that uniform. It's, it's eh. They're an original six team. So... And they have the the weird looking bear head shoulder patch. Uh, other than that, 
It's tough for an original six team, and Brendan, do you know what the original six is? Yes. I okay. actually follow hockey, yeah. Uh, nice. Excellent. Well, right, duh, you're a Lightning fan. Um, I'm an idiot. Um, so it's it's kind of tough for the original six teams to come up with anything new. Uh, you know, they more or less locked in their their look for 50, 60, 70, how many years. And there's only so many things you can do. It's kind of the reverse. It's it's the same thing that you mentioned, Francisco, uh, about the Panthers, which we'll discuss later, but it's kind of the same thing, uh, just the opposite. Uh, right. Instead of being too too new to have much to look back on, they're too they're too old and they are well established in their their look at this point to come up with anything different. Okay, well, moving on here, next four teams we got the Buffalo Sabers, the uh, Calgary Flames, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Sabres went with their old black alternate, which now they've reversed into a white uniform, but in their yellow and gold uh, color scheme now that they've fully gone back to their original royal blue and gold look, but with the cross Sabres alternate logo in the middle. I know a lot of fans wanted the goat head, even though it appears on the, uh, on the shoulders of this of this uniform but i'm fine with it it's okay i think it looks good i, I don't like the buffalo on the bottom of the tail stripe on the on, on and it's it seems a little too much for that but for simplicity's simplicity's sake i like it it's not bad it's definitely less busy than what the uh the buffalo head would be um, I still kind of wish they would have gone with that, but then more importantly, I'm disappointed that they went with their current color scheme. Uh, I mean, go back to Wild Wing, you know, they didn't turn him black and orange, they went back to their, their jade and eggplant mm-hmm. look. It's like, no man. It's a retro reverse for a reason. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad look. Uh, you know, I don't like the like you mentioned. I don't like the the text on the tail stripe. Um. But it could have been better, but it's not terrible either. Okay. Calgary Flames went with the horse head, and it's in black. And surprisingly. That's one of the least busy Calgary Flames uniforms that they've ever had over the last very true. 25 years. It actually looks pretty good. Um, I know a lot of fans don't like the horse head, but I don't mind the horse head as an alternate set for the Flames. The Flames really just have that that flaming C, but there are some fans that wish they had gone with the Atlanta Flames logo. Hmm. Because if... We're going to get to the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche. If those teams can do what they were doing, why not do what? Uh, why not do it for an Atlanta team, even though, uh, and just have a black version of the Atlanta Flames uniform, which they're going back to their 
80s set this season, this upcoming season. So it'll look very classic. Um, And the Flames in Atlanta had the same uniform anyways. So it would have just been a matter of making a black version of that. It's okay. I like it. I I would be totally cool, even if they decided to drop the horse head at some point, which I'm fine with it. But I would love to see them keep that as an alternate. Mm Mm-hmm. Just the jersey design itself. I, I think another part of this is that it, it looks. I mean, it, just take off the horse head, and that could just be the uh, the German national team's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's it's the exact same colors. It looks good. It just it's a good looking jersey. Full disclosure: when the German uh, national team played last time, uh, I believe it was. The Olympics. Mm-hmm. I I almost bought a jersey on the spot when I saw him. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Leon Drysaddle <laughs> likes it. Maybe that. Maybe they're trying to entice him to come over there. I don't know. Germany, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Force I mean, all through F J O J R, Campy Holes, and whatever Brandon's information is. Put at B Rourke Sports. Anyway, we're, we're we're not popular there yet, but we're getting there. Oh. We yeah. are extremely popular, though, in Russia for some and, reason. And Texas. Yeah, two two diametrically different thought processes, but yet some. <laughs> it must be the wrestling and the hockey. It has to be. <laughs> uh, and the football, the football especially. Um, all right, so Carolina Hurricanes, once again, pulling out the carcass of the Hartford Whalers and throwing it on a jersey. Here we go. But this time a gray version, which the Whalers never wore back in the day. And... Listen, man, I, nobody can judge the Hartford Whalers logo you and look. No. You just can't. I'm going to judge it. Okay. Because I, I was looking, I'm like, who? Well, I'm like, which team is this? I know some things hockey. And I was like, why is it looks like a very, uh, you know, English version of the Wu-Tang Clan symbol? That's why I was just curious <laughs> to it. Because it does to me, and then we have a bird, and I'm just trying to think of myself. I'm like, is that Ghostface Killer? No, it can't be. It's got to be Inspector Deck. Um. It's all over the place. It kind of reminds me of that TV show Reboot on Cartoon Network. Oh, they God. They were first introducing everything. It also reminds me of Johnny Quest Adventures. You know, when oh, my Johnny God. Quest and CG, just design-wise. That's a throwback. I'm old. Thanks, Charles, Rebellion Development, for supporting the stream. Complete hockey blasphemy right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, granted, if you watch Johnny Quest Adventures, the 1996 one, it was kind of like they were doing some hockey stuff, and the reboot TV show felt like a little hockey. But I'm just curious. I mean, I know Whalers, and they probably have a lot of history. I'm just trying to figure out if... I, I just want to know. I just want to know if that installs any idea, if we can call it ugly or not. I don't think it's ugly. It's curious. It's like what you okay. think a 1970s future of 2021 would be like. I think we're, I think we're in line for a learn a segment. Yeah, that that, that uh, helps. A yeah, lot. I think we've talked about them too we'll, in the past. We'll talk about them in there. the. We'll talk about them, of course. Uh, yeah, but a lot of Hartford fans still hate the fact that Hurricanes are doing this, but it is what it is. Blackhawks, once again, in a, in the like you said, Andrew, original six team. It's really hard for them to kind of do something new with their look without going too outside of the box. I think they went down to 1940 just to get. Uh, a black version of their uh, their 1940 set, and it's all right, you know. I'm sh- the Blackhawks uniform, the primary is 
one of the best jerseys in all of sports. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to do anything different. Although someone brought out brought up an interesting point in that uh, uh, athletic article I mentioned, which is it's curious that they are the only one of the teams that was not so out there about showing the front of the jersey. A lot of people think uh, that it could be... I, I don't want to get too controversial here. Why, because they have a Native American head in front? Exactly. But I'll it say. makes no sense because they show the Native American head I, I don't, loud and proud on their on their current jersey. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I just think they didn't want to reveal it just because they didn't want it to leak. So mm. there's not much else of the jersey. It just has 20. It doesn't have any shoulder logos or anything like that. It's just it's pretty plain for the most part. You take off that Blackhawks uh, uniform you could, uh, logo in the front, you can stick any other logo on top of that. It could be just yeah, another team. You can put the Chicago Bulls level. logo on there and it would be the, a Bulls <laughs> hockey jersey. So. Yeah, yeah, you can – exactly what you said. If you take that logo off, it's a beer league jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's basically what it is. It's it's or one you see in a in a stupid commercial where they haven't licensed any team gear out. <laughs> that's but, true. Yeah. <laughs> Generic hockey team. Uh, okay, let's move on. Next three, and here's another one: a dead carcass for the first time ever. The uh, the Colorado Avalanche have resurrected the Quebec Nordiques look for the first time since. 1995. I I have to agree with the the athletic article. I think this is probably one of, if not the best, retro reverse. Because the Nordiques look was already classic in and of itself. Exactly, and then they they did a nice little tweak to it. They put in the burgundy the colorado burgundy but they left the white blue from the nordiques right it's it's this perfect meld if you will of colorado and quebec and you know like i mentioned the the quebec look was just absolutely gorgeous always has been always will be even if it is dated somewhat it you can't really beat it. Heck, the, the the New Orleans Pelicans just came out with a jersey that almost looks like a basketball version of this. Right. With the Fleur de Lis on there. So, yeah, it's this is probably my favorite. And I, I, you know, I feel bad when teams do this where they it's kind of it's kind of a big f u to their former city. Um, you know. The Hartford one, for example, here it's Quebec, but this is something that I'd like to see uh, go into a regular rotation. My only qualm, I would say, is what's on the what's on the shoulder? Because I only see the picture that's on. It's the fleur de lis. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't. Then then I don't like the extra ones down at the bottom. <laughs> but but okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, that's how it looked back then. Uh, yeah. Of course, in that in that blue, that that kind of powderish, kind of in between powder and sky blue that they had. Uh, the, the the yeah, the blue jersey of that would look amazing. That's for sure. 
Okay. Columbus Blue Jackets went back to their inaugural season with the old CB logo. And uh, this time in red. They have worn navy pretty much their entire history. So this is their first red jersey ever. Uh, of course, uh, they look exactly like the Ohio State flag. And I, honestly, you take off that logo and put the Washington Capitals logo, it looks kind of the same. So yeah. it, it's, it looks like the old Washington Capitals retro jerseys, which are also a good-looking set. So honestly, the Blue Jackets could probably move forward with this as a permanent alternate to go with the Canon alternate that they have. I agree with that. And again, uh, kind of the same thing that I was mentioning this is the reverse of the issue that the old, uh, the original six teams have. Is you don't really have a lot to go with, but I think they did a good job uh, in spite of the limitation of what uh, logos they have. Right. Dallas Stars. Now, this for me, I'm gonna say this. They missed on this one. They totally missed. All they had to do, they, they this is their 99 set from when they won their Stanley Cup. They they wore that. It used to be a black version of that and a white version of that. All they had to do was make a green version of that in the Ooh. current green uniform. But for some reason, they went white on white. And It's so stupid. They missed. You blew it. <laughs> you blew it. I, and uh, Freddie's saying, go, going, go North Stars. We're going to get to the North Stars. That's for sure. Yeah. We're going to get the North Stars. I don't think the Dallas Stars, honestly, since they've moved to Dallas, they've had little, little um, reason to, to harp on their Minnesota past, especially now that the Wild are there. And especially now that, the, I mean, they've, they've made it to three Stanley Cup finals. They've won one. There's, Really, they're more Dallas than they were Minnesota at this point. Mm. But it's a miss, man. It's a miss. It should have been green. I know they had they have their current green uniform. They had their winter classic green uniform, which was fantastic. I, I know it might have been redundant to have green, green. And that's probably why they did it, to have two greens and two whites for next season. But um and they, of course, couldn't just go with the black one because they wore that before. But maybe they could have because the Panthers kind of did the same thing. So yeah, it should have been green or it should have been black. But this is a miss. I'm sorry, Dallas. I'm sorry. Love the Stars. I love the team. I love what they do. I love the organization there. It's a great hockey organization. But you guys missed. So sad. Okay. The worst one of the set now. The Detroit Red Wings. Mm. Andrew, this is the extreme of what you said about the original six and not being able to have anything to work with. Yeah. The problem is they have... The Red Wings are one of the teams that have appeared multiple times in the Winter Classic. And, you know, an already limited style set is they've used them all up due to one-offs, specials, things like that. 
so you're we're talking that the the Chicago one looks like a beer league jersey if you take off the logo. This one really looks like a beer league jersey if you take off the logo. <laughs> Not even. This is a practice jersey. <laughs> it's a Charles T shirt with ketchup stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut that up and put that on Twitter after I after we after I edit this for the podcast version. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think there's much more to say about this. Yeah, it is so dull. Yeah, and I guess they have no other alternate. They they're only red and white, and they threw in silver there. Maybe I don't know Stanley Cup because that, that yeah, inspiring the, the ninth Stanley Cup. That's probably that's probably why Stanley Cup just gray for the Stanley Cup silver, whatever you want to call it. Edmonton, good, good job. Uh, you went with. 1979, Gretzky era, first NHL season. Good job. There's no way to mess that up. Really, the, the Oilers set has always looked great. Always have. Then they had that, you know, when the, the 2000s when things got really bad. But now that they've gone to this again, it's good. Uh, good job. Good job, Edmonton. You didn't mess it up. You didn't. There's no way to mess it up with that color scheme and that just classic look. There's no way. Good I mean, job. Personally, I would have liked to. I have a soft spot in my heart for the uh, the red and bronze look that they used to have back in the nineties. Um, so it would have been cool to see that, but otherwise, yeah, I, you just you can't really mess mm-hmm. uh, mess with that. Florida. Good job, guys. Uh, as very good job. Uh, as a, uh, you know, uh, I'm a biased person, but I also have to be objective at the same time. I like the white being predominant on the stripes. It makes the navy pop more, along with that nice sliver of gold. Um, it, it's almost a nice. Looks like, yeah. Sorry. No, it no, almost go ahead, looks like you're 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 wearing a suit jacket. And the little cuffs at the end are sticking out. <laughs> I'm going to wear that at court one day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, Actually, I'm going to wear that court. if I ever win the lottery and I just want to F it to the Florida bar. I'm going to show up to court <laughs> wearing that and just be, I mean, abs- you know. Just do it now. The Florida bar, guys, <laughs> I have a Daredevil tie pin that I used to wear to court. And the judge would stare me down. I'm like, I don't care. I do what I want. Daredevil as in the Marvel character. You want to have a full suit decked out, Francisco, to the Florida Panthers retro thing? Do it. Oh, I'm I just saying I would you. wear that jersey. Just just straight up going, Counsel, are you, are you in a hockey jersey? Yes, I am, Your Honor. And it's I've hated your guts since the first time I ever laid eyes on you. Mm. <laughs> it's not you as a person I just hate hockey <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah Florida great job hockey stick and palm tree the classic leaping panther kind of wish they went with the stick breaking version of it but either way they didn't mess it up they couldn't mess it up especially with this fan base where it's always doom and gloom and we're going to get moved to Quebec every season so good job good job guys and even worse now that the Lightning have won the Cup again, and we are definitely the worst team in Florida. So, <laughs> the Los Angeles Kings, another winner. Four in blue and gold, Los Angeles Lakers colors. 
with that classic Gretzky era uh, logo set and stripe set. No way to mess that one up. Just no way. Uh, you, you're that one's gonna get bought up by basically anybody in the Los Angeles area because it, it mixes. I mean, sheesh, man. You know that that is that is straight up just beautiful. Yeah, you can't beat that. That's uh, it's not really much more to say. It's just it's gorgeous. Okay. Now, Minnesota. North Stars. And it looks good. It really does. We, we haven't seen the Kelly green and yellow in a long, long time. But they could actually just be that at this point. Honestly, they really could. The Stars have already kind of gone with the, the green and silver and black. Minnesota can basically just go with this from now on as their color scheme if they wanted to. And they're kind of sort of pushing that way anyways. They were a primarily red team with green accents and stuff like that. But now it's it's only got more green. I think eventually they're going to make that full evolution where they just basically... Uh, they're not the North Stars, but yeah, they're the North Stars now. It, it, it's just the logo that's missing. That's all it is. So, I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's one of my favorites as well. That's a that's a pretty look. Mm-hmm. You know, slap a little bit of black in there, and you're not even. Um, and you've got a a good, like you said, kind of a good permanent look. All right, Montreal. Hard not to mess up the Canadians. They've worn primarily red uniforms for a long time, with the uh, with the white set as well. Hey, let's just make a blue version of it. <laughs> That's it. And going back to, there's not really a lot you can change when you've had the same logo for decades. Yeah, it's a century now almost. I uh, just don't like how they blended red with their red l- trademark logo. It kind of melds the front too much. Ah, I see. I see what you're that's, saying. Yeah, that oh, that is a nice yeah, that is quite a yeah because uh, that's they could have reversed that. It camouflages that. your yeah, it camouflages your your iconic logo with that red stripe right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. If they had a blue version of their logo, that's probably the only change they would have had to make. So hear me out. What if they did the H as red and the C as white? Cool? Not cool? Come on. No. I literally don't know. I, I, mean, I think, I think so. you gotta you gotta switch it up a little bit. No, I think so. I yeah. think about that C and you know what hurts me, guys. I think of it as the Chicago Cubs. You know, and I think of like the Chicago Bears. I know it's a different color scheme, but sometimes uh, paying homage. We're talking about the New York Yankees of NHL right now. So it's hard for Montreal to kind of just go ham with their look. That's that's true. And we had our... Yeah, I guess. But, you know, I'm not saying change it up, but just give me the white C and then the red H. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of makes it a little bit more interesting to me because just on the basis of thing, if I, in me and my illiterate of all the world self, just sees I'm like, what the hell is the Cubs doing on a hockey thing? <laughs> you know, a picture... I have a million army, all right? I have a million person army behind me on the lack of knowledge of hockey. And I like hockey. 
but there's people who are more ignorant to me. But it's kind of also a safe. It's safe. And I, I don't Are they an OG6? Yes. yes. Okay, so then maybe they kind of bind themselves um, from what you have alleged to. I listen. I, I haven't been playing Donkey Kong <laughs> on my Super NES. Uh, Which version of DKC 1 or 2? Uh, one, because you know I was hounding you. Where the hell is it, Francisco? And then I realized where it was. <laughs> okay. But I will say this: I like the, um, I like the green one, whatever that that one is that we talked about. That Minnesota. Nice. Minnesota. Wow. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't like the Kings one just because. I mean, can we stop kissing the Lakers' ass? <laughs> yes, I'm still butt hurt. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna let go of it anytime soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, you guys won some uh, Stanley Cups. Rep up yourselves. Pathetic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Nashville, they've gone back to their 98 uniform, this time in yellow. I like with it. their metallic, chromey-looking logo in the middle. I'm not going to lie. Do you guys think that's a drug dealer when they're just wearing like that yellow hoodie on the block? <laughs> Look for that guy with the yellow hoodie by the red hydrant on 45th in Vermont. <laughs> hey, yo, man, you got the gas? <laughs> <laughs> now now I'm going to keep thinking about that for the rest of the freaking oh that's alright oh, the guy in the devil's one looks like a Russian mobster so you're <laughs> I mean it is Newark New Jersey so he probably is <laughs> he probably is uh, the devils with their green you just the devils have always been so simple with their looks It's they don't really change it up uh, because they really don't need to. Good job, New Jersey. There's no way to screw it up. And hey, it's almost Christmas, so good job. Now, the New York Islanders. What a miss. Mm -hmm. What a miss. They went back to 1980, but they used their navy blue version, uh, their navy blue from the 90s. So... And they flipped the white and the orange stripe. That was it. Andrew, it's, like they, it's like they forgot that they had this look back in the 90s. Andrew, either an orange version of the 80s look, which would have been simple. Nobody would have probably... They would have been like, oh, cool, an orange version of that. Kind of like Edmonton when they went orange. Uh, or yeah, j just go all in on the fishermen. Go all mm -hmm. in on the fishermen. It's the 90s, all right? We're, we're, the, the kids that grew up, we're, we're the ones buying these jerseys now. All right? You have to cater to us. It, the boomer's time is over. <laughs> Future is now, old man. Exactly. Even though Charles is playing Donkey Kong Country 2 right now instead of a modern and, game. And it's I redid like Mario Sniper 64. Elite 4. <sighs> hey, leave, leave my nostalgia out of this. I mentioned Reboot. Let's just call this the old man episode. Jesus Christ! Are you you I, have to when we get to Gottlieb's goons? I have I have a doozy for you guys. Mm. Uh, whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 just as a as a, a warning to Brendan, Gottlieb's goons. When we call out uh, people in sports and sometimes outside of sports, and we just kind of uh rant about them and say you are a goon and you are not a good person and we don't like you <laughs> right now. fantastic rob Amen. manfred is the eternal goon <laughs> indeed yeah i've caught out mike milbury fantastic. we've uh we, no we've gone we've we've caught out a lot of people mm -hmm. i Ladies... learned to hate don lemon 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Don Cherry. Yeah, Don Cherry. I, ooh, man, did I Oh, Don Cherry. Don Cherry, yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, Cleo Right now, I'm trying not like... to die this platformer. I think it's because we all watch way too much election coverage. That's uh, not wrong. Yeah, that, yeah. All right. Listen, it's going to be fun, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're moving forward now. Let's, we're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost at the end, and we can get to our non-sponsors. Uh, New York Rangers, good job. Lady Liberty is back. Good job. That's all I got to say. And helping out your NWHL compadres. Ah, look at that. Very true. Look at that. Yeah. Good job, New York. Just listen, man. I don't know why James Dolan, he owns both of these teams, the Knicks and the Rangers, and he just doesn't mess up anything with the Rangers. He just leaves them alone, and they're a perfectly fine organization. Yet the Knicks, dude, if you just stop paying attention and just let them do their thing, they're going to be good again. Stop. Just come on, James. Get, get it together. All right. Uh, Ottawa. They're going back to their old look anyways. So they're just going to have a red version of their original uniform. Eh, I don't like that logo anyways. They have a modern version of that that they never used. So it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> That's yeah, a very cool no, no arguments for me there. Yeah, it pretty much sums that one up. <laughs> Philadelphia. I love the Philly one. I oh, love that. Yeah. An orange version of the, the 90s Flyers, you know, Eric Lindros and those guys. Yeah, those guys were, I mean, they were all douchebags. We all know that, but man. Man, oh man. That's that's all they needed, an orange version of that. They didn't mess it up. Good job, Philly. Pittsburgh. My brother-in-law hates it. He's a Penguins fan. He wished they went Robo Penguin. Instead, Ew. they just gave us a oh. white version of their it's alternate. It's like I'm playing Boggle. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the white version of their Pittsburgh kind of New York Rangers E across the chest. Someone's kindergartner made that. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, that's always the first step in art is draw a word diagonally and it turns into art. And that's what it is. Yeah, and then that, that fancy looking S that everybody makes, you know, they're kind of yeah. The Superman S? We're gonna we're just gonna hate on everything I did. Alright. <laughs> ah, San Jose. They went gray, Freddie. They didn't go teal on this one. But it's reverse retro, so it's really the only color that they could go with. They had, uh, I'm sure they've had a black version of that, the teal version, of course, white, but they never went with a gray uniform. So it was really the only thing that they could do if they wanted to do anything different than last time. And uh, look, we got the Microsoft Paint version of that Sharks logo back. So I'm sure that makes I mean, some they, people happy. They did tweak the, the stripe design a bit. It's a bit more uh, angular. The other one was a bit more rounded. I like that kind of like shark teeth type of. Yeah, it, it. I I would say that the striping is an improvement. Yeah, yeah, I like the stripes, on the arms. Good job on that. 
St. Louis, oxymoron. They're wearing a red jersey instead of blue. <laughs> they're St. Louis Blues, but they're wearing red. Maybe they're colorblind. <laughs> it's. <sighs> I never liked that version of their uniforms, anyways. Back from when Gretzky played there for that one or two seasons. It. The look is probably best known for when Gretzky coughed up the puck to Steve Eiserman in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. And he had it, lost, lost it. A howitzer from the blue line. Yeah. Uh, and one of Gary Thorne's best calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the – especially now that the Blues have won the Cup, I, I, I think they'd rather forget – anything from that era remember the blues have had so many close calls with regards to winning a championship and uh, they finally did it so yeah yeah sorry st louis tampa bay here we go guys the lightning they did it good job good job tampa you they did what i've been wanting for years uh i showed I've shown all you guys my concept jersey um, for a, like a full-time new look. With, but And this is getting real close to that. So I have, I mean, I get that it's reverse retro and everyone's doing this, but I have high hopes that if there's enough positive feedback about this look, which there has been already, um, that they might decide to make this a full-time look. And... I, I can't really say much wrong about it, and probably my the thing that I am the most happy about with the look is they've reintroduced the victory stripes. I'm so excited about that, okay. um, and it, it surprised a lot of people because they thought that the the current Addy Zero whatever they couldn't do anything under the armpits under the arms. Uh, Francisco, if you want to pull that up really quick, what the Tampa Bay Lightning victory stripes are. I can't get... I mean, you can kind of sort of see a sliver of that on the guy's right arm, but... But just to... Basically what it is, it's a a series of black and white stripes that are under the arm that you can really only see when you're raising your arms to celebrate a goal or in this case, or in the 04 case, the Stanley Cup. You know, it... A lot of people thought it looked like armpit stains and it looked weird, it looked out of place, but I disagree. I think it's a nice little kind of charming thing that added a little bit of character to the old jerseys. Um, so I'm glad that they brought those back. Okay. What do you think? Brendan, you're a Lightning fan as well. What are your thoughts? That I am. I enjoy the throwback to the old logo with it being a little bit updated mm-hmm. I would say I wish there was more definition to the lightning bolt Yeah, it kind of blends into the background um, honestly I like when the bolts go black I like mm. when they go black jerseys with the white logo I think it stands out a little better um, but I mean, it's, it's not bad. And I see what they were trying to do with, because everyone loves the old bolts logo. 
it, you know, it, it's it's iconic. It's when they won their first cup. It, <laughs> I just wish there was more color on the logo instead of white on white. Right. Okay. All right, Toronto. Leafs fans hate it, but Leafs fans hate a lot of things. They're not happy mm-hmm. with anything. <laughs> I think and, it's fine. In 1970s, it, once again, I mean, they've had different versions of their look anyways with different stripes and stuff, so it's it's nothing out of the ordinary for Toronto. It's okay. It's not terrible. And let me say this. This is the first time since 2011 that we've had a completely different look than Toronto. Yay. For the most part. Vancouver went with Tampa the Canadians. North. Oh, sorry. I'd say it just looks like Tampa North. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like to call it the Toronto Red Wings or the Detroit Maple Leafs. All right. Vancouver went with the Gradients. So, but this time in their current green and navy blue color scheme. That's that's not going to last long. No. That it, just gradients in general, just no. Just no. I get I get it. It's probably a one season one off thing. Just they really didn't have anything more to go with. Uh they've worn their retro jerseys beforehand. And probably a green version of the retro jersey would have been the other alternate, but mm-hmm. uh Although a lot of people were hoping that they would have gone with the flying skate. Yeah, logo. but with their current colors. That right. could have worked too. Yeah, ninety four. Ninety four look. Of course they don't probably don't want to be reminded of ninety four either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, the Vegas Golden Knights, they because they're a brand new franchise, they don't have really much of any history to go back to, they went with their own Vegas hockey history here with the Las Vegas Thunder look. And really yeah it, it Red is one of their colors, even though it's not used predominantly in any of their logos. It's an it's an alternate color, so they went red instead of uh, what I thought they were going to do, which was a gold jersey. Well, they have a gold jersey now. Oh, that's right. It's an that's alternate. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've gone with this. All right. Not bad. But maybe it's because the model makes it look a lot better. She's got the giant <laughs> red turtleneck and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> So she's uh, she's working it well there. Washington Capitals, they went back to their uh, their eagle logo, but this time in their red, white, and blue. America, America, the America logo. Uh, it's definitely very '90s. It might be a little too busy, because of that. Uh, maybe take out the Capitals from the middle of that that tail stripe there and. Maybe even take out the uh, the Washington Capitals shoulder logo, put maybe their their alternate W logo right now on it, and it's probably a good look, a, a good uh, a good alternate for for them. <laughs> all I have to say is, of all the jerseys of all the teams, this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I feel about that jersey. If they jersey. If they wear it, cool. If they don't, I'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, exactly. Winnipeg, last one. God, Winnipeg, you guys don't even have enough parks, and now you guys have crappy jerseys. What is this? What This, this does not work. I don't know who told you that this worked. 
it doesn't work the the dark gray with the navy blue and it, it, it it's a mess with their wha old nhl logo it's a mess i i hate this i hate this so much you a red version of the of this logo with the maybe that would have been fine or atlanta thrashers uniforms everybody else is pulling out their dead carcasses why not Sheesh. I know Atlanta's yeah. choking and everything, but you guys choked away a good uniform. What the hell? It, it looks like a hoodie that you get at Walmart for 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they kind of like just put the Jets name and then just decided to randomly stick a jet in the upper left corner <laughs> of the circle or the upper left part of yeah. the circle, they're like, oh, yeah, here's a picture of a jet, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah loser winnipeg all right guys that is it uh, a word from our non-sponsors people places things concepts what have you that we have been enjoying that are not paying us to shout them out this week uh brandon we we always honor something usually uh charles goes with tacos because it's tuesday uh but uh, you can kind of shout out anything that you've been enjoying over the past week. And uh, I guess I, maybe I'll go first just to um, just to give you an example here. So, guys, uh, over the past week, I've been getting our show ready for we've got a new logo, new look entirely. Everything's brand new here. Uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, freaking Dell Computers. My my poor little laptop is seeing probably the last of its days for sure. Probably doesn't have another year left in it. It is now cracking at the seams. But this little guy got me through so much. This Dell Inspiron uh, 15 laptop. Uh, it can flip around and kind of be like a like a little tablet in a sense. Well, not a little tablet. It's pretty huge. Uh, and for the longest time, it powered our show. It powered our show, uh, even though it, it, it just could not could not handle the the duties of our show for sure. Andrew, you remember that thing was running mm -hmm. hot, literally yeah. hot, and yeah. was on the verge of exploding many a time in our in our earlier shows before I got this brand new uh, nice gaming PC to power this show. But this little guy got me through the Florida bar. This little guy got me through law school. I got him on Christmas. It's almost Christmas. Uh, about four years ago-ish. Maybe five years ago now. And uh, I, 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 if I were to get another laptop, it'd probably be another Inspiron because it just worked really well. Dell, you made a fantastic computer. I uh, haven't had any issues with viruses because I've been pretty responsible, except for all the games that I pirate. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it, it, um, so many memories with this computer. Um, and it's probably one of my most favorite machines that I've had ever in my life. So I just want to give a shout-out to, to Dell for making this. Uh, fake promo code memories 
right. I feel like I should just play a funeral song for it. It's still alive, damn it. I was going to say, is Taps going to be in the background of this? Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not over till it stops breathing there, Francisco. Lord Jesus. Um, I guess I'll go because I'm talking. I guess that's always my logic. Guys, yes, spoiler alert, food is going to be mentioned here. Is it going to be tacos? No. But boys, you know what I've hated about the pandemic? Completely, unequivocally, hmm. I have not been able to get a certain kind of meal that I enjoy and I crave out of fear of like sitting down and contaminating myself with the CV and all that other stuff or just getting you know, around human beings I don't like people these days. And I have hankerings and I have cravings. Seven months later, it's been about June since I had a nice, delicious steak, boys, mm-hmm. and... Monday, I, I was just starving. I was going to go home to my little shanty of a home for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm like, no, I'm a man. I drink Yoo-Hoo from the carton. I have cereal of all varieties, and damn it, I will have a steak. So Monday, I went to Longhorns for lunch. Ooh. It was barely crowded. It was great. I haven't had a good steak for about five months ago, and I love me a good steak. And guys, it's just the last time I got it was like in, I don't know, May or June, and it was, you know, I tried to take it home. You know, and let me tell you that, you can't get, like, steak as a takeout unless you live real close. I did not live close from Longhorns. I'm about 20 minutes away. So when I got my steak, it was just kind of cold. But Monday, I went for lunch. I got myself a uh, Renegade. I take my meat rare, boys. Hopefully, you know, that's why I was able to rock that fantastic mustache. If you are, Brendan, if you're a rare person, come back every Tuesday for our show. But I, I I was just so happy. I got the rice peel off. It was just so juicy, so succulent, well crispy for my taste on certain aspects. Open up my soul. Open up my flavor. You guys ever watch Full Metal Alchemist and how Edward, after he goes to the gate, knows how to clap his hands and make alchemy happen? That was me Monday after I finished my six ounce. And why did I do a six ounce instead of nine ounce, boys? Because it would be nap nap time. Because I was satisfied. <laughs> the rice pilaf, every grain. I think they used butter in the rice. So, like, the, 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 the fatty in me just loved it. It was delicious. I didn't want a vegetable. I have this belief that don't give me asparagus or don't give me broccoli as my vegetable choices. I don't want salad because I wouldn't have eaten completely. But give me some green beans. I didn't have it. I was upset. But, boy, I was like, ma'am, I need all the stuff. And I had a lemonade. And I felt really country. I felt like Colonel Sanders was over there saying good macho. Or not Colonel Sanders, but let's say George Clooney's character from Oh Brother Where Are Thou. There was something great about it. I was very happy. Longhorns, get you some. Get you a steak. Be a man. Be a lad. Be a girl. Be whatever. Get yourself. Be a meat eater. Vegans, I don't understand you sometimes. You scare me. Have you ever had it rare? It's great. Promo code uh, succulent. <laughs> And it's funny, um, Charles, that you yeah. bring that up because Francisco and I were just talking about steakhouses today. That's oh. true. Kind of right. scary. Take the poll, boys. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium um, well for me. Mainly because anything less than that and I get stomach problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a medium well guy, but I've found the... The, I found a love for just straight up medium. Brandon, medium rare at restaurants, but if someone is cooking that I don't find responsible enough to cook <laughs> my steak, 
it's medium. <laughs> I love that very specific scenario. Yes, of course. I will I will boldly go to medium rare. I feel like a there's a story behind steakhouse. that reason. <laughs> uh no, not, okay. not necessarily. No botulism just, in the past, no. <laughs> no. Freddy's medium rare. Yes. It's medium rare if the word steakhouse is in the name of the restaurant. <laughs> and medium if my buddy is going to cook it for me. <laughs> Would you guys ever try rare? Because let me tell you something. Like, I got, oh, here's the my thing. My brother-in-law Usually... loves rare. He's practically eating the cow itself. <laughs> well, that's a... Oh, that's that blue rare. Mm. Uh, the blue sear. I'm a big fan. But here's the thing about rare. Most places will cook it medium rare, and they'll tell you it's rare. But when you get to a steakhouse that actually cooks it rare, it's just good. You know, and I, I can live with a medium rare. I used to be... It, it went in, in reverse. I, I would do, like, the medium well... And I tried the medium, and I'm like, let me do rare. And then one day, I think it was like the third year of law school when I was literally becoming a stereotypical attorney where it was like I would just string scotch or bourbon, and I'm like, I'm going to have my steak rare. And I think that's how I just knew it's terrible, but it's like, you know, you're a werewolf when the moon goes full, and then your hair starts brushing out, and you go get your fangs. That was me. I was like, <laughs> all right, I meant it for this, unfortunately. But um, guys, take your steaks however you want it. I just want to know of who to trust. If you know the feds were ever coming after me, and obviously none of you, <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I would ever try rare. I just it's too risky. It's not as bad. I I, I have less of a concern of getting sick from eating a rare steak as opposed to eating sushi. Hmm. I get well, that. <laughs> I love Freddy's. My non sponsor's Oregon Trail. I just saved Charles from dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> he, he showed me the pic. He showed the me the picture. Hero. Uh, he just showed me a picture. Um, it was he named the characters Freddie, Francisco, Charles, and Andrew. <laughs> I almost drowned right off the right off the bat, and apparently you almost died of dysentery. But thankfully, Freddie was responsible and got us to Oregon City safely and soundly. I guess Freddy's the only one I can trust, which is fine, because Freddy is basically, for all intents and purposes, he's not honorary, he is part of the group, but he's the one that has the, to keep us on the focus sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're still going to get banned from YouTube at some point. Like, <laughs> all right, Fred, you can try all you want, but it's bound oh, yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I had it in my head a second ago, and I, I lost it. Uh, I was having too much fun... Uh, Discussing the uh, the benefits or the takeaways of uh, rare steak. Ah, yes. Hold on. There we go. Promo code for <laughs> Promo that code shit. for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Always forward. Never back down from a challenge. <laughs> All right. So I for if I. Mentioned them already. I don't care because I like it. Um, my non-sponsor is called Playbook Products. A um, couple of months ago, a uh, Twitter account that I follow called Bolts Jolts, which is uh, it's a Tampa Bay Lightning unofficial blog, if you will, um, held a contest. Uh, giving away a mug that says Stammer Lifts the Cup. And it shows the picture. The uh, I'll show you a picture of it someday. But 
it shows kind of like the, a playbook view of how the final goal in the, in the Stanley Cup was scored. Um, it's really cool. I had never heard of this company before. Um, so it, it shows it. It shows when it happened. What's, what's the shows, company again? It's called Playbook Products. Playbook. So it, it, as the name suggests, it looks like a playbook. Um, oh, so, I think I've seen this. Yeah, they do it for baseball too. Yeah, and football. So uh, there was a he, this this guy Bolt Schultz uh, or girl, I don't know. This human Bolt Schultz um, had a contest where it says, you know, like and follow this this page or this this Twitter account, and I'll pick someone at random to get this and I happen to be the one that got it. So, well, part A is Boltschultz for picking me. It was very appreciated. And then part two is Playbook Products. Uh, they got it to me very promptly. Um, it's a gorgeous mug and I will probably not use it and it's not because I don't like it, it's just uh, knowing me being clumsy as hell, I would drop this, and I don't want to do that. Um, so it's probably just going to be on my you know, my dresser, and then when I get an office someday, put it up there. Uh, but it's a it's a nice little thing, and honestly, I would I would recommend if you see something that Playbook Products has, I would get it because it's it's a high quality thing. It's very unique. Uh, it's a nice little memento for uh, an uh, iconic moment in your team's history. Uh, promo code Bolts. Why not? Cool. I got plenty of stuff here. Yeah, that that that's actually pretty cool. And I saw it. Uh, I saw when Andrew won it on Twitter and was immediately jealous. <laughs> Look at this. I. I was not expecting it. I, I, I totally forgot about it. I just, um, I, you know, I liked it. I was like, sure, why not? It's not going to kill me. And then I got a notification. I'm like, wait, seriously? Well, first off it was, wait a minute, what? And then it was, oh, yeah, I remember liking that. Wait, I won? <laughs> it, was, it was kind of in that order, um, my response to it. But... Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous thing. Um, definitely something I prize very much. Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool. Uh, it's a really cool concept. Now I'm looking at the Miami Heat. Uh, back out to Allen Bang play right now. Oh, memories, memories. So I guess that leaves me, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, if you so desire. What have you been enjoying? Yeah. I'll desire, sure. So we're gonna we're gonna take a left turn from the from the sports and the steak and everything, and I am just gonna say shout out to my non-sponsor of this week that has been getting me through this week, and that is the famed TV show that's still on the air, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I picked it up. I picked it up this week, and for some reason, no matter 
how many hospital laws they break, <laughs> no matter how many inaccuracies there are, Shonda Rhimes and company have made me hooked in watching this just good entertaining TV show. And I don't have any explanation as to why I like it. <laughs> there should be zero reason why I enjoy sitting down to this show. Because there is either scenes with 99% drama or 130% drama. There is nothing in between as far as drama goes. You don't breathe a second while watching this show. Like, there is an episode, and spoiler alert, but it's in season two, I think. There's an episode where this guy runs in front of a bazooka. What? <laughs> and he gets a bazooka stuck in his stomach. <laughs> and the doctors have to try to take it out. Well, they take turns touching the warhead, I guess, part of the bazooka. So they're like, I can't touch it. I can't move. It's going to explode everywhere. And that is the entire premise. And they're like, well, we can't. I don't remember the, 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 the next climax part, but it ends. The guy ends up just getting exploded outside of their hospital. <laughs> like, oh that's, that's the ending. Is <laughs> like, oh, well, they didn't save him. He ended up exploding anyway. And oh, there well. is no reason that then, this show should be on TV. And there's like Zero. the next episode, they don't mention it at all. That <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't, they don't mention the fact that that next week, the hospital's back up and running and there's not an investigation <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, well, you died. I guess I have to go take something else out of somebody now but yes so shout out Grey's Anatomy for getting me through this week and I'll do uh, promo code uh, Yang Gang because Dr. Christina Yang she's my fave so, <laughs> that's Sandra O. Oh. that's who it is oh. good old Sandra O. Oh. I love it are you a McSteamy or a McDreamy supporter oh I haven't even met wait no, I haven't even met McSteamy. So I think that's how like, early I am in this show. Yeah. I think every girlfriend was like, I love Grey's Anatomy. And there's me. I'm like, I I like Scrubs, and that makes me cry, too. <laughs> and then oh, I yeah. Found Scrubs out. made me cry. The Brendan oh, yeah. Fraser part. Oh, yeah. I got to say, though, the <laughs> final season, not the season where there's interns, the final season of Scrubs probably has the, the better ending I've seen in television in a while. That's just yeah. my bias. Season eight. Season eight is the final season of Scrubs. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. No other exceptions. There is no season nine. Mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's that's it for our non-sponsors. Great job. Great job, Brendan. Great job. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, guys. Let's let's get some petty into our lives now. Gottlieb's goons, named after our beloved Doug Gottlieb, who we feel is an eternal goon. Thus, we named the segment after him. Where we rant about people who are douchebags in the world of sports, and sometimes outside of sports as well. So over the last week or so, uh, but I'm gonna go a little out. I guess we can. This could kind of be esports in a way. Uh, my my goon this week is King DDD from the huh. Kirby series. All right. <laughs> what did he do to you? This asshole. 
All right, King Didi mains are assholes in Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I hate them. I hate them with the passion. I hate that little penguin or that giant penguin. The giant hammer. Gosh, man, I hate it. He's got such a long reach. There's such douchebags in Super Smash Bros. I hate him. He he committed an act of genocide in the first game of his appearance. He stole all the food from Dreamland. He just kept it for himself. And Kirby was the only thing stopping everybody from starving to death on freaking on, 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 on in Dreamland. So, King DDD, you are an eternal goon. I hate you so much. And Sakurai, I know he's one of your characters. I know you love him. But you gotta nerf him. You just gotta nerf him. Alright, that's that's all I got. That's my that's my goon for this week. <laughs> I got one. And I've been holding on it for a bit. And it's just perfect. And I complained about it too, but I don't think I complained about it last time. So I'll just go straight to it. The Boston Red Sox. Oh. You... Higher back, and I was going to go on Detroit, you know, for their hiring of A.J. Hinch. But you know what? I'll let it slide. I would love to see him again. Let's see it. Boston Red Sox, and goes back to Rob Manfred. Alex Cora, really? Like, we know that Roniki or whatever his name was is a patsy, but you were dead serious about it in the beginning of the season because that was the whole thing. Like, ah, they're going to let him go, but they're not really going to let him go. And I was like, no, they can't be that silly. And they kept through it. Where's your morality in baseball? Listen, you guys got to understand, there's a deep-seated hatred in Houston Astros for me. I don't really care about the Boston Red Sox. That's not a real rivalry when you're on the tank and you trade away your best player because he was going to be the whistleblower and you trade him to L.A. to get a ring. And also, David Price has a ring now the second time, which I'm like, what the hell? But that's neither here nor there. Um, going back into it, so you went back and hired Alex Cora. Well, what's he going to do? He doesn't have any trash cans to help you win out because I still have that sneaky suspicion. But you got the guy who literally... I'd rather trust you know the guys who distribute steroids in the steroid era. Hire those guys on as any manager, coach, what have you. But Alex Cora, who basically comes away Scott clean. I mean, the season's long suspension was not enough as it is. Guys who are active players who were even coaches got fired. I don't see Carlos Beltran getting an opportunity to coach again. But we're going to get Alex Cora. Why? Because he brought you a World Series. That you know he cheated on, but Rob Manfred doesn't have the cojones to investigate further the beloved Red Sox. So guess what, Boston? You knew my petty was for Houston versus too strong. You knew I wasn't getting revenge, revenge paymaker tour 2020. I was so close to quitting, Brendan. You don't understand. If the Astros won the World Series, I was done. Leave the sport that I love since I was six years old. But Boston got angry. They were like, no, Charles, we're the jealous lover. How dare you hate on somebody else? You got to hate us. I don't really even hate you. 2004 was 16 years ago, man. Get over it. But then you hire Alex Cora, and I swear to God, every game, every game, I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it hard. I'm coming at it like Sting, 1997, at the NWO hard. Ominous. <laughs> I wear face paint. I'll get a bat. Literally, it's perfect. I'll get a trench coat. You, Boston Red Sox, Hyam, or whatever the hell the name of the executive guy is, all that stuff. I don't even care anymore. I'm going to learn your names. I'm going to do my brujeria on you. Brujeria, whatever you call it. Witchcraft. Bring it down. Witchcraft for all the people who are not ethnic. Um, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do even the most sacrilegious thing. I'm not going to wear green on you know, St. Paddy's Day. I don't care. It's going down. You're my goon. Looking at you, Boston. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Any, any from you guys, or shall we move on? Uh, I don't have anything, but I'd like to make a 
requests, if you will, on our next segment. Okay. I'll throw in one more baseball one, and this will be shorter uh, than that one. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, my oh. favorite team. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. He's, oh, oh, no. no. He's it, good. Protect it's right. him. It's all right. Signing Drew Smiley is great. I will give you that. But not announcing that you're returning Marcelo Zuna yet is giving me a little chafed. Not going <laughs> to lie. That's who you need. You need Marcelo Zuna, and you're not going to announce it yet. I don't know what you're doing behind the scene, Braves. But that that dude better stay on the Braves. Is all I got. Freddie needs some. Freddie needs some love in the in the batter's box. You're talking to the guy here. Uh, listen, <clears throat> he's nice. I, Leave him alone. We like him. I know. I know. But I I hate the Braves. <laughs> I'm a Marlins fan. I'm a Marlins fan. You guys ruined it. You guys ruined the meme. And uh, I, I hate Ronald Acuna. He's a little bitch. Okay. He's a little bitch. He is a little bitch. All right, we're going to throw inside to you. You can't hit the inside pitch. If it's not us, it's going to be somebody else, dude. All right? So you're a little bitch, Rod Acuna. You are. You're a goon as well. All right? You're up there with King DDD. All right? I'm just saying. I was really glad to see you guys choke the big one because Charles knows, everybody knows here, is I was going to turn heel. I was about to jump on that Astros bandwagon if it was Houston versus Atlanta in the World Series. I got my Astros hat. I, I was ready to go. Okay? So, I'm d- sorry, Brendan. I just had to. Just had to. Oh, I couldn't let fine. it go. It, it, you're you, fine. <laughs> you, you, it's uh, sad when Ronald Acuna can take on the entire Marlins team. I get it. So. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah, he had that one hit and then completely disappeared in the playoffs afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, Marcel, yeah, the Mets are going to pay him. He's going to be out of there. So the Mets are going to buy everybody Oof. this offseason, that's for sure. And we all agree he's getting – Theo is going there, right? Oh, it's either there or at Anaheim. It's there or Anaheim. I don't think Joe Madden likes him as much as people. I think we made that early prediction many, many moons ago that it would be Anaheim, but now that the Mets opened up, I think Theo likes that bigger city fire with Joe. more money. It's fine. You know. Uh, but Drew Smiley, good pickup to the Braves. Anyway. In object, objectively, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Marcel, who is destined to be a DH, especially if the National League gets it. Um, for sure. Uh, okay, so mm, let's. Where do we go from here? Oh, real MVP. Where we? Sh- it's the opposite of Gottlieb's goons, where we shout out the people who've been great in sports. All right, people like like Solid Snake, who I main in Super Smash Brothers, and I do a fantastic job at it. Or, or Steve from Minecraft, who is also great in Super Smash Brothers, and I'm starting to main him as well. But uh, guys, I have to give it to Dan Levitard. Yeah. Mm. Because look. I know people say what you will. Some people don't like them. Some people love them. And there are people in between, like me. I'm, I'm, I'm neither for or against. But you gave another human being, another man with a family and all that stuff, his job back. And you're paying out of your own pocket to do it. It wasn't like you went over to ESPN and begged them to keep him and all that stuff. No, you took up the initiative and gave another person their livelihood back, um, just be, just 
because you he's been loyal to you you're loyal to him you're a loyal guy anybody anyways and uh you know okay you could say oh favoritism that stuff look man i don't i don't care he did something great for his friend and i can't question that you did a great job dan levitard you are an mvp you are the real mvp right now uh, I have a real MVP. Um, actually, I have a real MVP of a region, if you will. Hmm. Um, and that region is South Florida. And no, I'm not talking about the Tampa area. Not USF. Waiting for laughter. <laughs> not USF. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the actual South Florida... Uh, my real MVP are the Florida Panthers and the Miami Marlins. They broke a lot of gla glass ceilings this week in terms of diversity. The Marlins, for anyone that knows, I'm sure everyone knows, uh, I forget her name. That's awful. Kim Ng. Uh, Kim Ng. Uh, hired as the first female general manager in any of the major North American sports, uh, first Asian American as well. Um, and then the Panthers, uh, let me see the name. Brad Peterson, he's on the screen. Oh, thank you. Um, he is the first black executive to be an assistant general manager. In the, in the NHL. So, big shout out to the Panthers and the Marlins um, picking really good people for those positions and uh, breaking a lot of barriers that should have been broken a long time ago. So, and I do have another real MVP. The literal, we're going back, we're going back on this train, the literal real MVP that is Mr. Freddie Freeman. Ooh, yes. yes. That of, man, of all the guys on the Braves, that's the one that, I wish wasn't on the Braves <laughs> because he's such a nice guy. Yes, that man has put the Braves team on his back for so long and has stuck it out through the post-chipper years where the Braves had no idea what they were doing. Through He had every opportunity to leave and he decided to just keep Atlanta as his team, and finally it paid off this year, in the shortened year, of course, where he was finally recognized as probably the literal most valuable player for a franchise, other than Mike Trout. We'll do that. But what Freddie Freeman means to Atlanta at this point, after losing someone like Chipper Jones, and they just roll into another person who doesn't ever want to leave Atlanta and he finally gets the recognition for it. I just think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and might I add, his spray chart huh. for hits is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in baseball. Because, for some reason, people still try to shift the infield on Freddie Freeman. But if you look at his spray chart, uh, you can't shift on him because it doesn't matter where that ball is coming in from, it's going out the different way. That's all I have. <laughs> I mean, 
he he literally got COVID and he got hit hard by it too. Oh yeah, he said he was he was praying every day that he would survive it, and I mean, yeah, he got he got the bad he got all the bad uh, all the bad symptoms, and he said he was on the floor for at least a week and a half, and he bounces back and does what he did. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, the real MV free. Yes, MV free. He'd right. be free if he left the Braves. There, Francisco, I did the jab for you. Mm, thank you, thank you. I'm sure Charles is doing horribly in his fantasy league, anyways. Um. <sighs> I changed one of my team names to Old Yeller. I left points on the bench, guys. I lost by four points to the money league because I didn't either start Justin Jefferson or Cole Beasley or my defense, which was the Bears over the past. I I, I hate myself. I thought Cam Newton was going to choke it, and I was wrong. <laughs> oh, I do have one fun fact I will add about the Bears since you brought them up. Uh, Corderell Patterson has more kick return yards than the Bears team has rushing yards. What? Yeah, that's, it, I have David Montgomery as my fantasy thing, and it's a struggle <laughs> sometimes. He gets me touchdowns. It's very but, um, close. I think Corderell Patterson has like 787 kick return yards, and the Bears' rushing attack has 782. What? What? <laughs> he had a kickoff return touchdown, or was it a punt return yeah. touchdown? He had a 104-yard kickoff return touchdown. They have debates over him or Devin Hester being the best return man. But here's the thing. Defend Devin Hester, not just the EULA, but just everything in general. When you go from being a, a semi-forgiven position of relevance to being converted to an offensive weapon, you know you've hit the big time. And Freddie oh, is yeah. 154 and 96 among his 25 fantasy All right, teams. So Freddie, Freddie has a problem. <laughs> and we're just giving some background, but he's also really good because if he was 96 and 154 and not stuck at 5 and 5 and 4 and 6 like a certain, you know, bitter person who left points on the table, he would quit too. I'm, re I'm retired after this, guys. I pulled out my, breast, my best Brett Favre and then, you know, then I'm just going off in the sunset not acknowledging anything I've done wrong in this world. <laughs> uh, Andrew, how'd you do? I won again. I am... Seven, th seven and three on the year, and currently on a four-game win streak. What does that feel like? Does it feel uh, good? It, does it feel like a rare stake? Because that's what I think it would feel like. <laughs> uh, it feels like, well, in my case, a medium stake, which is very good. That's fine. All right, boys. So we're down at the end of the show, and we always end the show with wrestling talk. So that means we have to head on over to the cage with Charles. Is, is, is he ready for this? Is he, is Brandon, are you ready for this? We're going to do this. Uh, Welcome, everybody, your weekly True Bucks the Cage <laughs> with Charles, this special edition of a tag team, just like Survivor Series, four-man group, bringing their five-man, because that's usually Survivor Series, but we got with Freddy being our fifth member, our mysterious guy who's going to bring us over and bring us our time and bring us to a victory. Now, remember, wrestling is what? It is scripted. It is not fake. It's a song. It's a dance. It is a ballet. Guys, it's a scripted fight. I've been going back and forth about it, about how to approach it, because I know some of that old-school mentality guys would collect around the gate and say, hey, pay your dues and don't talk about unionizations. They will want me to say that's a scripted fight. And it's kind of a scripted fight depending on the match. We'll just keep it that. But it's a simple story of man or women chasing championships 
men or women, you know, getting some blood feuds, men or women just beating the holy hell out of each other. And uh, lots of what's going on. And I was trying to figure out how to necessarily approach this because on one end, we have Survivor Series this weekend. It's one of the big four pay-per-views for the WWE. You typically have either five-on-five tag team matches that go on to the elimination. Whoever's the last Survivor gets really nothing of consequence, which is always my big bummer that I don't like. Or they do the other thing where they do brand-to-brand invitationals. So you have Raw and SmackDown. No titles are being defended, going against each other for just bragging rights, I guess. But do you have bragging rights in the CV world when everybody's on the same shows anyway? And in addition to that, AEW, not a lot going on. We'll talk about a little thing that I have a big gripe with over them. And then you have New Japan, which is kind of quiet. they got Wrestle Kingdom coming in January. Charles has questions, but that's for next week. Impact, they did some stuff, but we're going to kind of, we're going to talk about a few things. Guys, you're employees, right, to all sense and degrees, and you always like the idea of having protections, and if you were working for somebody, you know, you will want certain protections given to you, whether it's a contract or an HR executive. And then there's Vince McMahon, who would bleed blood from a stone if he could, that he's the leader of the car and he's the circus, and he doesn't want to give you certain things, but if he signed you as a wrestler and said, you're an independent contractor, but you can only work for me, and you can't even use your social media account so we don't get a, you know, a Florida Marlins historian, and we don't get a UCF historian, and we don't get whatever Brendan does on the side, aside from being a fantastic contributor to the Pacers. You know, you can't use the names, you can't do anything like that. You can't have an OnlyFans, mm. right? It's a hard time of pandemic. Maybe somebody wants to see me eating a pizza crying. Who knows? <laughs> You can't have a, a Twitch account. No, but stepping on a cake. Hmm. But I mean, <laughs> you know, call me the cobbler because I'd be popping, right? But, um, you know, you can't see me on Twitch streaming the games. How would that happen? That's how Francisco really gets it. But you're getting a paycheck from this guy, and you say one little word. Unionization. You say one little tweet when already you've been controlled for tweeting and where your organization wants to... Uh, to kind of like, you know, hire somebody to oversee your social media projects. And you say one little sentence. Obviously, there's more. There's always more. But when you say, I support unionization, and then you're released 10 minutes later, released as in fired with no benefits and no pay and still stuck under. And let me get this, gentlemen, and we know we have some attorneys, but we also, and it's not, anybody has to be an attorney to understand this. This is a common sense thing. How can I be an independent contractor but stuck under a 90-day non-compete? Let that, you know, trickle into your brain. You have all these things, and you're screwed, right? That's kind of what happened here mm-hmm. over the weekend. We have Thea Bungeon, former Thea Trinidad, also known in WWE as Zelina Vega. She's cool, man. Like, I, I think she's great. She likes the video gaming. She likes the cosplay. She cosplays for Overwatch. She, she would cosplay as, like, Vega from Street Fighter, man. I, I like it. She's married to Aleister Black who I love, and he's ruined on the main roster. But in this day and age, everybody is stuck into some kind of social media platforming. And then recently during the CV pandemic, uh, Vince McMahon, the devil, um, put out a edict that you can't use any third-party brands to profit off of it, profit off of him. Now, on the business side of it, it makes perfect sense. A lot of these people going by their real names, especially if they were unknown in the indies, maybe weren't necessarily utilizing their own individual names to get their additional side monies because you get paid for it, which we don't, except for our $2. They're probably getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe, or at least hundred, a couple of bucks, right, for what they're doing there. 
um, or they're doing commercials, or they're doing something like that. But you you would not have been a Miro. You would not have been a Theatrina. You would not have been in a uh, in a, an Austin Creed. Xavier was. We love you. Follow us on Twitter too. We I watch up up down now. It's great as his podcast or his not his podcast. They have the New Day Power, but his gaming channel. But maybe if you're using Vince McMahon's trademark copyrighted names for your own profit, I kind of get that. But you can't control all the aspects and then tell people that. Um, you're independent contractors, but say you could only follow my things and not even provide general health insurance. The thing is, insurance is not readily available for a very demanding contact entertainment spot fest because it's something that's not considered actual sport for insurance providers. There's been plenty of wrestlers out there who have had difficulty with insurance companies. Bret Hart is notorious for the lawsuit that he had with um, his insurance provider when he got injured and he was trying to collect and it ended his career with a concussion because Goldberg kicked his head in. And it can do that. So you won't offer anything, but yet I own you. So she stood up. She knew that she was making money on her all her other stuff. I think the camel, the straw that broke the camel's back was her creating an OnlyFans. And you have to understand that these people were dependent on certain things. There's a downside guarantee of the contract. So you had the pure minimum of what you'd be paid in the year. But you were getting money made on merchandise. You were getting money made on live touring events. And everything else that kind of came in between. And you weren't necessarily getting that because of the CV pandemic. Why? Because we're not touring, right? So we're not going to little itty-bitty Tampa, Florida and getting to see live events. That's where I went to see them live in SmackDown. It was cool. But they're not getting my 80 bucks. They're not getting money at the gate. They're not getting other stuff to move merchandise. Why? Because some people have made the choice not to even go to the ring because of the pandemic. So that's for their safety, right? They might not be getting other things. And if they get hurt, Let's say this. Let's say they get hurt. If they're not hurt in the ring, Vince does not cover the costs and the expenses. They could be working out at the gym and still might not have any support for the surgery they need. And whatever you say about wrestling, the injuries that you sustain are just as devastating as a professional game of football. ACLs are torn. MCLs are torn. Triceps are torn biceps are torn. Sid Vicious, I implore you to watch Sid Vicious shatter his leg as he's trying to do a pump kick at the beginning of the top rope. And he just shatters his leg going into it. And he wasn't able to wrestle for years. You get neck injuries. DDP had to retire for a long time. Kevin Nash blows the quad every other day. But you don't get anything of support from that industry, from Vince McMahon. And I'm only saying to Vince McMahon because he's the big machine. AEW, All Elite Wrestling, we don't know what they're going. Tony Khan has said that there is health insurance available, but you know, when you don't release the information, how am I to know, correct? And then with Impact and all the other stuff, it's up there. I don't know. But you're having all this stuff, and Vince is trying to control you. And so she puts, I support unionization. Vince gets, oh, crap, that's scary. Fires her on the spot. So is she the first sword that falls as a message? Is she our Joan of Arc? Is she our, Kurt you know, Flood. our... I'm sorry? Kurt Flood. Kurt Flood. the Kurt Flood of the WWE, let's say. Yeah. Maybe. Is she all of this to set things to create unionization? I don't know. Who knows? Life is weird. It might be something that's not developed now, but 10 years. What's the longevity of professional wrestling anyway? I don't know. It's been around for a long period of time, but it always has its peaks and valleys. I think it's more akin to how baseball would be devastated um, if there was a union they did strike properly or not. And we'll talk about that. Th- that might be something I might have to go more in depth to because I want to be mindful of our time. But this is something that's big because you have people who are not being provided 
certain things. So they're independent contractors, but are they really independent contractors because they can't contract with other companies, right? They can't contract with AEW, Impact, mm -hmm. New Japan, Ring of Honor. There's no joint thing. You're not giving protections. You can't make money on the side, and they've suffered. They got a livelihood too. You think it's you think it's cheap to get into the physical shape, to go to the gym, to pay for the rentals, to pay for their half of them probably don't live in Orlando, but they have to rent a place in Orlando on top of everything else. They had to play pay additionally. So it's been something there. So she's going to be fine, I think. She probably makes a massive amount of money through her entertainment channels, and she'll probably get into wrestling. But it makes me wonder what's going to do. So the next step that I asked you guys over the weekend, I had the, the whole – I actually thought it out – was whether or not unionization could happen to wrestling, whether it be good or bad, because it's not the same as NFL unions, NBA unions, MOB unions. Why? A couple different things. One, most importantly, it's predetermined results. I don't think you have much sway as a power. Vince McMahon is spiteful, and he will just send you home and pay you to wait out your time. He did that with Neville. He did that with um, – he kind of did that with Dean, but he gave Dean like a little bit of send-off. But he did that with Neville. He did that essentially with Matt Hardy before Matt kind of went off. He gave him one last match, but you still get your downside guarantees. And there's other people that he has paid out just to spite them and only release some certain things. And then came the pandemic cutoffs. So he'll – you know, it's predetermined. And the thing is, the other concern is it's the next guy up because in wrestling it really is doggy dog world because it's it's who we have because this card always subject to change. If there's an injury, you plug in the next guy. When Roman didn't want to come into WrestleMania about you know because of his concerns with the pandemic and the CV and all that stuff, and you know Brendan, for your for your information, we say CV because I don't want to get stricken by YouTube. We get demonetized, so I've been good about it. Um, but Roman had leukemia in the past. He didn't want to compromise the immune system, right? So Braun just comes in. Braun Strowman was nowhere near the basis of being in the main event scene. He was screwing around. I don't even think he had a Mania match. But bam, now he's Universal Championship. So the concerns would be it's predetermined. You're still going to kind of get paid. And then also, I don't think you have the unity of the entire locker room to support you because people are young and hungry because you have a small window of time to be relevant in wrestling because either because you're not loved by management who writes everything, you might be subject to a career ending injury. Magnum TA, I'm going 30 years back, but he would have been great had he not gotten to the severe car accident. Edge had to wait, what, nine years and then he came back, but he had a career ending injury. You don't sometimes get that second chance. Opportunity knocks on the door, you take it. And sometimes you take it at the expense of your people's. Your friends, the people that you travel road, because this might be your only time. And Vince does reward loyalty. Maybe people care that because if you have titles, you're on pay-per-views, more money. The other issue coming into it is the contracts that they have. The contracts are probably ironclad, right, that Vince's lawyers set up. And these are people who might not have lawyers. They might not have the best education. I don't know. I'm not judging anybody. But I know, Get I know it's in there. a deal when I see it, right? <laughs> And so these people's contracts are kind of ironclad. And now Vince wants to get everybody in a five-year contract. They want to have all these things that provide to them and say, hey, you can't do this and this. And now he wants the third-party edicts in there because he doesn't want them jumping ship. He doesn't want anybody else to succeed because Vince is a very shrewd businessman. You don't make wrestling, which is a carny game, into a multi-billion-dollar industry of that you sold to Fox without making sure everybody sweats out every drop of sweat that they have before they start sweating blood, right? So there's my concern. And the other one is sometimes there is the toxicity of long-standing employees. We've all been there in the workplace, right? We ever try to bring in a new age thought concept, and then there's that old-timer who just won't quit their job or just won't retire. Guess what? The same thing happens to wrestling. And with those vets 
who have been around, and I'm not putting on blast what's over, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, or The Big Show. They're just the names that come up because they're still in it now. Are they going to be the people who say, yes, unionize, do everything, protect yourselves, make these demands, join SAG, the Screen Actors Guild Award, a former uh, presidential you know, candidate, or attempted, he tried. I'm not getting fancy terminologies. He's been hitting on this pretty hard, saying, hey, you should join SAG, Guild Award for that. I don't even know if you could do that, but yeah, you are paid through um, a, a entertainment provider, but that's a different process. If anything, it should be the television producers and writers for Raw and SmackDown and XC that would benefit into it. That's another debate. This is a very condensed thing that I'm trying to, like, or big thing I'm trying to condense, right? right? But I want to get that point across of what my concerns are, is that can you get a vet who's already been in the business for 15, 20, 30 years say, oh, don't pay your dues, don't collect your money at the date, backdoor deals. I mean, sure, they would say lawyers, but they would say, hey, just do what you got to do, stay yes or no, don't care about how you're being treated, don't care, it's all scripted anyway, just get your paychecks. Are they going to support that kind of mindset? Why? Because they're at the end of their careers. And when they're done wrestling, they'll either show up at the Comic-Con conventions or they end up getting the beautiful Undertaker saddened off. You see how I bring it all back together, folks? That he's going to get a Survivor Series for doing 30 years paying his dues. You can have that vocal support. Who's your leadership? Because if you did unionization cross-spread throughout all the wrestling gigs, it kills the indies. But the indies are just meant to be like the, hey, I just need a guy to you know, put some uh, shingles on the roof and go from there, right? Help put out the roofing. WWE mm-hmm. is really more the business and the organization. They're the ones turning a profit. So it makes you wonder what happens because I think Vince has it with the contracts that they have. He'll send you home and just pay you, and he won't think twice about it because he knows you're still under obligation because you can ask for the release, and he can say no. Or what he'll do is you complain about it, he'll just appease you, and you have no enforceable rights. And guys, here's the sad truth. You know, I think that it could be resolved if you have attorneys handling the contract contractual language because the worst thing that happens is Vince says no, and you go and leave the greener pastures, right? But I don't even know if Vince and WWE has an actual formal HR liaison going into there. And what do we know about HR? It's not really there to tell you don't do this, don't do that. It's really to prevent any kind of litigious lawsuits. Yeah. And the reason why, let me tell you about Vince McMahon. Jesse the Body Ventura, we all know him. He was Governor Jesse Farrar from Minnesota. He was also in Predator. Great movie. You guys should watch it. You know who gets the money and the residuals and all that stuff from the monies from all the old videos that you see when it's Hulk Hogan, when it's Jesse the Body Ventura and all that stuff? It's Vince McMahon. He gets the money. He felt that he didn't get obligated to pay dues. And there was an interview with Howard Stern when Ventura was like, listen, Vince was using my likeness, my rights, my thing, and I didn't get a single dime of it. And they had to go and do into federal court to get there. And he had spoken about unionization, and Vince canned him like that. Is it survival? Not when you're going against the machine like that. I don't, I don't think it's, it's something that you could obtain, but I think if you have contractual language, we'll bring back to the HR stuff. I don't know how complaints will work. I think there's probably an HR liaison to actual employees for the organization, not what they consider as independent contractors. But it's very thought-provoking because what's the thing that we all want as individuals that I want when I went to go be a lawyer at whatever firm or the nonprofit I'm at, where you guys are at, where Brennan's at? We always like some kind of benefit, right? So imagine they're telling you the benefit is the money. It's not guaranteed, and if you get hurt and you're out for a period of time, we might release you, or we're just going to give you your downside contract, which does not propel you to have your maximum amount of money that could be owed to you, right? Would unionization kill the industry? The industry, yes, I would think. Would it alter WWE? No. How do you get better uh, working situations? I don't think you can. I think you, and we've all been there in our careers, in our lives, where we're like, if I don't like it, just leave, right? 
Yeah. You might not get released, but that's sometimes the turning point because not every business is going to take care of you because what? Businesses just care about things, more money. And when you have a guy who is an audience of one, and here's the problem too, everybody's replaceable in wrestling at the end of the day because who's going to make you look like a great guy? He is. Who's going to make you look like a monster? He is. Who's going to make you look like you know, the best of the best? He is. You get no say into it. You can have all the athletic talent in the world, and it's out. On a happier note, and there's more to that, I just have to see what happens now because if her husband gets released, that's concerned for the other people who take the next step, and they're released, there's more to this. It's interesting. But on a different note, Survivor Series this Sunday, t- typical you know, brand versus brand invitationals. Something happened last night, gentlemen. Randy Orton was supposed to go against Roman Reigns. Randy Orton has really been propelled as one of these big, great you know, characters of the year. He won the WWE Championship at Hell against Drew McIntyre. Well, last night, folks, Randy Orton is no longer your WWE Champion. There was a rematch for the fourth time where it's Drew McIntyre versus him in a 30-minute contest, and you had a title change happen on Raw. So it's going to be Drew back as a two-time champion going against Roman who's the universal champion, the brand V brand thing. It means nothing on the consequence of things. Here's my problem that I have with it. Why the hell do we have Drew drop the title in the first place a month ago? Why do we build a fantastic character, Randy, who is arguably carrying the company in the back during the pandemic, just to have him lose in his first title offense? I think I know why. I think Vince wants the you know, fiend, Bray Wyatt's alter ego, that's for Brandon's background, against Randy because they have some history together and doesn't want a title involved, and that's fine. But you could have done these things and just avoided it all the same. I don't know if it's sloppy storytelling. It makes Randy look weak. It makes Drew kind of look like a fool for getting pinned in the first place, even though he won it back. And it makes me just that little bit interested or less interested in Survivor Series. But, you know, Roman and Drew have history. They go in against each other at Mania a couple years. Now it's champion versus champion. And really, at the end of the day, Vince is just going to hedge his bets because he doesn't have to cater anybody as long as he gets the ratings. I don't even think he cares about pay-per-views anymore. Will I watch Survivor Series? Yeah. Am I going to go through my list of predictions who I think win or lose? Not really because there's really no consequence that comes out of this. No championships are being defended. They're all exhibition matches. I just want to see what we do with the storylines further. So, gentlemen, I will be looking forward to see who will be Roman Reigns' new contender on SmackDown. I will be interested in seeing who Drew McIntyre will be fighting against at Raw. I think it's going to be Sheamus. Let's move door for a different day. And I want to see if the Undertaker can come back one last time if he's doing his final farewell and choke slam somebody straight to hell. And for the love of God, I will be so happy and need a new pair of shorts if he could just choke slam Vince McMahon for all my intents. And that's where I leave you guys in a very long, truncated, slightly condensed because unionization is an interesting topic, but I am aware of time and also hungry. So that's why I got you this week in the cage. All right. That's fantastic. And we get treated to this every week, dude. It's great. <laughs> all right guys so that is it we are well past our normal two hour mark but that's fine we had a guest on today brandon you were very good you withstood oh, my barrage you. of braves uh jabs he made you... me focused in basketball oh yeah wow, look at Charles that is elite level i can even <laughs> i can even throw him a wrestling one if you want <laughs> not not a lot it's just shout out to uh kia stevens aka karma from wwe aka awesome kong now <laughs> <in the AEW. laughs> 
<laughs> or appearing on one Whoa. of my other new favorite Netflix shows, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. If you like sketch comedy, go watch it. And she has a cameo on it. You should watch her in Glow. And Glow. <laughs> oh, there you go. Great job. Can we keep him? <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, with, I'm with, free. <laughs> we, we we got Freddie and we got Bu, and then we have our six man. We're oh my god, Francisco, this is it. This is the prophecy. This is the goof world order. Bwo. <laughs> oh, I still have to make that logo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get on Photoshop this week and, and 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 try it out. All right, guys, that's it for us. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week for another one. Have a good night. Take care. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Join the Goof World Order. <laughs>